Why this fool got more comics than a motherfucker? Welcome back to MCMF, the comic book podcast where I try to get you, dear listener, into the wonderful world of comic books by making my friends read those comics. My name is Marcus, Mr. Summers, if you are nasty. Joining me on this episode, self's friend and yours, Jesse. Hello. Hello again. Uh, I love how in the tagline, you always say, read said comics, but with the exception of mechanics, I have only been rereading. <laughs> but rereading things that I first read 11 plus years ago. I, say, I, so I this, forgot the majority of. We both read this book over over a decade ago. Yeah. 2009 to 2010, roughly, I think I was when in, I read this arc. I read this in 2012. So... Um, but we That's are, a long-ass time ago. Yeah, I, I was in high school when I read that. Yeah. Um, we are reading... Uh, the uh, This arc is called Unmasked. Uh, it is about Robin. Which... It from took, the book Robin. From the book Robin. Uh, it took 30 episodes. We've been doing... I've been doing this show. Uh, and for, bringing Tim Drake up. Every episode for eleven for episodes. I started this show Octo- late October of 2021. It is September of 2022. I have not covered a story that was specifically a Tim Drake story until now, and uh, a big part of why now because uh, Tim's got his own book again. Which, for the record, time check, neither of us have read the first issue of it dropped yesterday. I picked up my copy today, and we will probably make wild predictions yes. about the upcoming series. And um, probably if we're wrong, wrong we're probably going to be wrong. But just know that we have no idea what we're talking about when it comes to the upcoming series. But we will probably be really hoping that Ariana comes back. Yeah, oh, God. God, this is the Ariana Zherchenko <laughs> propaganda podcast. Even though she appears in 0% of any of the issues we are covering. <laughs> Ariana, okay. Not even mentioned. Yeah, um, so I should, I'll briefly mention, I mean, because I have like thoughts that relate to Ariana that come up uh, during reading this. Ariana Zherchenko, for those of you who don't know, is Tim Drake's first girlfriend. She is Tim's first love. Uh... She is the Veronica to Stephanie's Betty. It's a good description. Uh, uh, so Darla, or not Darla. We'll get to that. We're talking about Darla. Um, Ariana is Tim's girlfriend until what issue does he start dating Stephanie? And is she, is that issue fifty? I don't remember. It's it's dozens though. Like she's yeah, the main she's... love interest for the first like couple of years of the book. Um, it takes up until like the forties or the fifties in terms of issue numbers before they eventually break up and Robin starts dating. He goes by Robin actually starts yes. dating Stephanie because he doesn't tell her his name for a while, which is funny. She makes a joke at one point. She's just like, "Well, thank God Robin's like a normal human the, the name." Robin's like a name that people have. <laughs> at least uh, I don't have to call you like Green Lantern, my darling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, uh, it's up until, I think they date until issue 56. That's a while. It's a long yeah. time. Yeah, I'm looking just looking at the covers here. Uh, the cover of the issue you were just describing is issue 57. Um, Stephanie, Which is adorable. They go yeah. on their first date together to a nerdy sci-fi movie like event. And so everybody's in cosplay. And so they just go. In their, in their superhero costumes. As a couple, and it's their first date that they can go on in public instead of just hanging out on rooftops. Yeah. So it's very cute. Yeah. Note that while Tim and Stephanie are having their courtship and Stephanie is open mouth kissing Tim all the time, uh, Tim is repeating to her, Stephanie, I have a girlfriend. Please stop doing that. Is going to be the tagline <laughs> of Tim Drake's entire existence. I have a girlfriend. For the rest of forever it's going to be women kissing tim drake and him responding to the women kissing him with i'm in a committed relationship insert name here i can't make out with you right now yeah. it happens a minimum of three times it I happens at least out. three times at least three times in the robin book alone <laughs> which granted the robin book is 183 issues long so it's it's, it's long um, books don't go that long anymore, no. which is truly wild. By the way, we are covering issues 121 through 125, which is already an insane number to say for anything that isn't Batman. Right. Um, Think of it this way. Wild. I read the most recent, uh, not the current run, the Zeb Wells, John Romita Jr. run, but the Nick Spencer run into the beyond run of Amazing Spider-Man. That comes out to 91 issues. Or 90, 94, 95, somewhere around there, but sub 100. Yeah. Uh, the last book that I read that got to 100 issues was technically Runaways, but they started doing legacy numbering at a legacy. certain point. Right, yeah. Uh, which is why it was really only like 36 for the yeah. actual run with like that creative team. And granted, this is similar to Batman, not the same creative team throughout the whole. I will speak about some of the creative team decisions made on this book. Um, these issues came out in 2004. They certainly look like 2004. <laughs> and some of them are better than others. The covers are great. I think the covers of these books are all super good. The covers tricked me a little bit. Because <laughs> the cover for the first issue we're going to cover is uh, oh, really, man. really incredible. And then I immediately turned the page and I was like, what is this? I had to double it's, check and make sure I was looking at the right thing. <laughs> me too. I was like, uh, oh. Um, but we're finally covering. We're finally covering our boy. Um, in the way that every podcast has secretly been a Tim Drake podcast, this podcast will secretly be a Stephanie Brown podcast. <laughs> I mean, because Stephanie, at this point... She's in it a lot. She's, like, right, in it. Stephanie was, like, immediately established as a supporting character in this book. Uh, and is so for, like, 125 issues. And then for three beautiful, shining issues, she yes. gets to be the lead. <laughs> three issues, she gets to be the lead, and then she is immediately murdered. She this, goes down. She goes down swinging, though. This arc. She she is not. She is not. 
she go she goes down with some dignity. She tells Black um, Mask to drop dead, and it's super cool. And then he kicks her down a flight of stairs. And then he kicks her down a flight of stairs. Um, yeah, Stephanie. The, we like, will not be covering the flight of stairs. <laughs> no, this is really the last bit of normalcy in Tim's life. Uh, oh, he says it all the time too. The number of times his narration is like, "I think my life's actually going pretty good right now," and I'm like, "Oh, buddy, you haven't hit 2005 yet. 2005 is going to be very mean to this you." This is 2004. It's 2004. You're still fine. 2005. Strap it. You're gonna lose your dad. You're gonna lose your stepmom. You're gonna lose your girl. You're gonna lose the dude you have a crush on. You're gonna lose one of your other best friends. You're gonna lose the entire city of Bloodhaven. It's gonna be bad. <laughs> You're gonna lose your new pal, Darla, twice. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, he we're gonna loses talk so it. many people. We're gonna talk this about is the it. calm before the storm for this boy. Oh, it's, it's never. And the fact that. The no fact that, mild spoiler, uh, he thinks that he's murdered someone and is angsting about it for an entire issue. The fact that we're saying that is the calm before the storm should give you a little hint as to what this poor boy's life is. Yeah. Uh, so let's get right into it here. Yeah. Robin First of all, banger cover. Incredible cover. Uh, who did the cover for this, actually? Uh, I have no idea. The lo Let me paint a picture really quick. It's black and white, really graphic, like, interesting style. Um, it is a person who you can't see any their face or any defining features holding a shotgun to robin's head as he's like army crawling along the ground and the robin logo is tilted diagonally to match the path of the shotgun as it is pointed at robin it's not like straight across the top and it's all gritty and it looks kind of like spray paint on concrete a little bit and it's incredible and then you open the comic and it's blah yeah and it's a different uh, artist this cover was done by jason pearson who did a great job. Did a great job. Um, great cover. So, uh, yeah, this issue is uh, penciled by one Rick Mays. And listen, there's nothing, like, technically wrong with Rick Mays' art. Uh, the, the You know, all the anatomy is good. The proportions are right. Nobody has, like, a giant head. But uh, Tim's face looks weird this whole I think... I think, honestly, my big issue with this... Well, these first two issues have the same, like, art team, and then it switches up a little bit, and I feel like it gets better after that. Um, honestly, my thought is the whole thing just looks really rushed. There's a bunch of coloring errors that I will point out when it's confusing. Like, there's a specific part where, like, they color Jack Drake in the Robin colors, and it very much confuses, like, an entire page. Yeah. Because they just, like, straight up miscolor somebody, which, to me, is not, like, oh, these people are bad at their jobs. That screams, like, this was rushed, which yeah. happens. So, I do want to be clear, like, none of this is offensive. It's just, there's a very specific style of the early 2000s that this book is has. Like, visible. Uh, like, now that you pointed out, on this first page, Tim's, um, like, the collar on his cape is colored wrong. Oh, there are coloring issues across... Like, this whole th it's historically the collar on his cape has like a yellow uh like a yellow clasp on it uh and it's like a gray color here it's very weird also uh if you notice his little narration boxes i noticed this the second i opened this book his little self insert uh like thought bubble kind of narration boxes uh those white borders should be red 
Yes. And I noticed it immediately. I was like, why are these white? Who's talking? And then and I went to the next issue when they were red again. And I was like, lady, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this opens with him sliding over the, he's like swinging over a car uh, and kicking a dude in the face. These guys are knocking over a Star Labs armored car, helping themselves to a number of weapons-grade supernatural items being transported to an out-of-state star bunker for safe containment and study. Then they split up between two getaway vehicles. Batman's a hot on the trail into the larger group, leaving me to deal with these three. And these are admittedly pretty good action scenes. Um, yeah. The first dude grabs his cape. He re Tim releases the collar uh, to turn the cape into an active restraining net which he goes hey pretty cool right uh it's it's great also i love i gotta say we haven't mentioned who wrote this bill willingham is the writer on this and i think he nails tim's voice yes as like as like teenage tim drake i think nowadays yeah. he can be he gets to be a little bit older but this is like this is the mid-2000s he this gets is, to be yeah. he gets to be a 16 year old like a, a 16 year old in 2004 yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like Tim though, is though occasionally there, occasionally there is some slang that I would say out loud, and I'd be like, "What does this mean?" What does that mean, Bill? Bill Willingham. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. There are some points where it's just like I don't know what that word means in this context. Bill Willingham also, uh, if that name sounds familiar, he wrote Fables, uh, which is uh, incredible. Oh, that guy. Yes. Didn't Fable? Oh, okay. I have a slightly different opinion of this now. <laughs> <laughs> For reasons that... It, I, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I liked what I read of Fables, although I did not finish it, and I read it six years ago, so I don't know. That might have changed. I, I do have my opinions of him as a human being, and his views... I, that's where that was my point is uh, <laughs> fables does not start the way it finishes so i have been told and i have been told it goes in some directions that are not great i do not know the details and allegedly i <laughs> read read fables if you want to read fables but read i'm not like, telling you to read fables read like the first like three arcs of fables and then you can stop <laughs> that's what the i covers, the covers of fables are banger uh, the Wolf Among Us kicks ass. Uh, Rest in peace, Telltale. Uh, weird that, that that sequel is still coming out. Oh, God. <laughs> Somehow, <laughs> some way. Listen, uh, for, for legal reasons, I can't talk about the game industry on this podcast. That, uh, <laughs> that would not be good for me. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. Tim grabs so they're having a gun. fun fight scene. He throws this gun at another dude's face and it just like ricochets off his jaw. It's great. Tim, also, it's not just a it's not just like a pistol. He throws like a full-on SMG at like another a, dude's face. It's like a fucking Uzi. <laughs> just yeets it. Um uh, this, the, There are a I, lot of guns in these comics, yes. by the way. Uh it is 2004. We are living on the edge. Um <laughs> I, I have a note, which is that Tim, the, the way they did the light on Tim's hair on one of these panels makes it look like he has, like, light blue highlights. Yes. <laughs> they accidentally which is also, gave him Knives Chow hair. Uh, really quick, also, across all of the different artists, there are three artists over these five issues we're going to be covering. 
is it just me or did you also have the thought of every single artist is drawing Tim Drake like very Asian? Yes. He just he just looks like an Asian guy the entire time, which is fine, <laughs> but it's just like It's like this has been a white dude out of for hundred issues. Yeah, he's been like very white for a very long time and then all of a sudden he is not. He is suddenly <laughs> Yeah. Um also really quick one of the villains that he's fighting has a soul patch. I need you all to know this. Uh, this guy with the soul patch, uh, Tim now has like grabs his own wrist, grabs the guy's hand, and points the dude's gun at his head, and he's like, "You can shoot now if you want, but it's probably better if you drop it." This happens no fewer than four times in these five issues. Is that three times it's Tim and once it's Bruce? Someone takes a gun and like either twists it into a position where it's gonna break your hand or points it at your own head or puts you in a position where if you pull the trigger, you will hurt yourself. Like they do this a lot. <laughs> They're just like, you could shoot yourself, but like, probably don't. <laughs> he could just take the gun, but he's not. <laughs> uh, you said it and now I can't stop thinking about how biracial Tim looks in this book. <laughs> This whole book, he looks, he just does. <laughs> Which, once again, I want to be very clear, yeah. is fine. Biracial Tim Drake, biracial bisexual Tim Drake, I'm here for yes. it. Yes, I'm here for it. It's just... <laughs> it's a very sudden change. In the Chuck Dixon era of this comic, he was white. I'll say Staz Johnson's Tim, Mike Waringo's Tim, um, uh... Phil Lewis's, um, or Phil, I'm suddenly forgetting his name. Yeah, uh, yeah, Phil Lewis, uh, or Phil Woods. John Lewis is the writer. Um, their Tim, white boy. This Tim, uh, his, ha has an Asian grandparent. I don't yeah. know which one. <laughs> it's not related to Jack. But it's certainly not Jack's parents. Does not come through Jack. Uh, oh, we'll get to Jack later. Jack Drake is Tim's father. Just yes, for, in case you don't know. For context. Um, anyway, so Tim takes down two of the goons, and he has this moment where he's like, two down. Now, where did the third one get to? And he calls him a sneak, which felt... <laughs> Racial. <laughs> it, exactly. It felt like a slur. <laughs> I, I had this moment where I was like, is that early 2000s slang or am I hearing is I this feel, a slur? I, no, he's just saying you're sneaky because the guy snuck up on him or tried to at least. Uh, and um, throws his, his new gimmick, the tangler grenade at him. Which just it's tangles like a him up. goo bomb. Right. It's like a, it's like a wad of bubble gum. It's pink. Yeah, and Tim tells him, if you try to shoot me now, you'll just blow your own hand off. Remember <laughs> that. <laughs> this, is a, this is called foreshadowing. <laughs> this is a handy tool that we'll need later. <laughs> um, uh, God, I turned the page. He just, he still looks Asian. It just, so just keeps happening. frankly. Um, you know um, what everybody does. Everybody actually. does, yeah. But especially Tim that, and Bruce. The difference is that like Tim and Bruce have black hair, which yes. goes with it, versus yes. the blonde people we'll meet later. Um This bat computer is altogether too small. 
in my opinion. Bad oh computers my, need to be the size of a wall. There's only three monitors. This is like, listen, I had three monitors in my first tech job. This is this, this is like This looks like jump my work change. setup. Exactly. Uh Tim says, Hey, uh you, there's we got I recovered four items. Bruce says, Okay, that's eight out of nine that they got. And I looked up the item. This is Tim talking. He says, item 899043-Ivans. What does Ivans mean? Was it Russian-made? And Bruce says, no. It's a classified military anagram, meaning an item an item vital to national security. He says, well, none of the items had Ivans designations. He says, which means are still missing one. Was one was the big dog in the bunch. The most dangerous. And Tim's like, well, I'm on it. I'll start by looking for known criminal associates by uh, the seven guys we captured today. Not tonight, he won't. I'll have Oracle do this. You're going home for a full night's rest. He says, but forget it. Tomorrow's your first day of the new school year. Thought I forgot, didn't you? Priorities, Tim. Which, this is one of the, like, best... This is the reason I like this Robin book so much, is because it truly commits to the bit of, like, he is also an actual high schooler. Yes. He is... A kid with, they go the Spider-Man route with it. Like he's a kid with a secret identity who needs to keep that secret identity, including from his family. And he needs to go to a normal school and he needs to try to have normal friends and he needs to do all his homework. And he also needs to fight crime at night and he sleeps like two hours a night and it's very bad for him, but he does it uh, successfully for a little while until he snaps, which happens like once every 15 issues. Um, <laughs> Tim, there's one, or it's a, it's during the Dixon run. There's one issue where he's driving his dad and Dana somewhere and he's fucking white knuckling <laughs> the steering wheel. He's like, fuck, I hate having all these secrets. Yeah. Um, and, and I love it because it's the angst of it that I love, but also like the duty and also the idea of like none of these people can know because A, they will want to stop me and B, then they will They're be in danger, right. uh, which is fucking true because Correct. pretty pretty soon after his father learns about the whole Robin thing, um, his father is murdered by... Violently! Captain Boomerang. Listen, he also shoots Captain Boomerang at the same time. They do go Captain down together. <laughs> he does shoot Captain Boomerang with a revolver. It's very yes. cool. <laughs> and the reason he needs to be given a revolver is because he doesn't have his gun anymore, which we'll get to. Um, <laughs> he used to um, have a gun and then someone had to give him another one. The um, thing but, I like about this book for the first 125 issues is that it is exceptionally grounded. Tim has, especially during the, the John Lewis Phil Woods run, Tim's life, he has such a great, like, domestic life, especially uh, in the, like, 40 or so issues that take place after uh, Stephanie finds out his true identity. So for mm -hmm. the first 80 or so issues of this book, Stephanie does not know him as anything other than Robin or his favorite fucking cover name. Draper. Alvin Draper. That's a terrible code name. And Connor tells him, Connor tells him in Young Justice when Tim's yep. like, he takes the mask off and he gives And there's the a second mask underneath. No, but the time that he does actually take the take the mask off for real for that. There is a different moment, but there is a moment where they're all basically around a campfire and they play truth or dare and he says dare and they dare to take the mask off. And, and he's, he's like, I've got a feeling you'd ask. <laughs> And then he takes the mask off. There's a second mask on. Um, 
anyway, I just, I just need you all to know that. Uh, that issue is very good. That's the issue where uh, we find out that Connor does not age. Oh god, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, he tell Connor tells him Alvin Draper is a stupid code name, and it's definitely not your real name. And he's like, "How do you know it's not my real name? Because if your name was Alvin, you'd go by Al or Vinny. You wouldn't go by yeah. Alvin." Yeah, <laughs> it's 1999. But in the same way that like this, his name is probably Timothy. He it does is. not introduce himself as Timothy. He's Tim. Like, you don't, if your name can be shortened, you don't introduce yourself by also, a non-nickname if you were a teenager in 1997. Also, weirder that he goes by Tim and not TJ, because his initials, his name is Timothy Jackson Drake. If he, a 90s kid, he would be TJ. But you have to remember he was created in 89. Yeah, but you know. <laughs> Uh, nobody calls him TJ. I feel like somebody... It's, like, oh, it's literally never... Uh, it never comes up! <laughs> it does literally never come up. Um, so, the reason I bring all this up is because the next scene is him showing up at a brand new school. Um, do you remember why he's at a new school? I don't fucking remember why he's at a new school. He... Okay. What happened to the old school? He goes to a new school because they moved. They're living in that apartment now. Right. I don't remember why they moved into the apartment. I think. I don't remember why they moved, but they used to. Oh, by the way, they used to be next door neighbors to Bruce Wayne. Mm -hmm. As much as you can be a next door neighbor to someone who owns like a gajillion acres and has like a major estate. They also had a a smaller than the Wayne estate, but an estate like just down the road, like for the first hundred so issues of this book. Tim walks to the Batcave from his house that he lives in. Like, he just climbs down, like, the ivy-covered brick on the outside and just, like, waltzes over to Wayne Manor to go be Robin. It's hilarious. Yeah, he's like, hey, go home. But now they live live in, like, a brownstone downtown. Yeah. Um, So he had been living in the suburbs and now lives out, uh, lives in the city proper. Uh... And at his first day at Lewis E. Grieve Memorial High School, a guy, the guy sitting on the ground says, hey, new guy, huh? Huh? Says, transfer student? Foreign exchange? What's your story? Uh, transfer. We just moved back in the city this summer. Well, let's get a look at you then. See where you fit in. No visible face shrapnel, so you probably don't belong in the tattoo and piercings crowd. Your eyes are clear and you lack the telltale hempish smell that would place you with the heads. You're packing quite a load of books, but I don't get a nerd vibe from you. You obviously bathe too often and don't walk with a permanent cringe. Oh, I'll talk about that in a second. You could Keep going. A, you could be a jock. You look ripped enough. <laughs> again, there's all these books to consider. Jocks and books don't exactly mix. You're an enigma, grasshopper. Can't quite tell what clique you belong in. He says, is that important? It's vital. A place for everyone and everyone in their place. That's how the world works. And what group do you belong This. Oh, keep going. (laughs) None. I'm the exception that proves the rule. A nation under myself, a roving ambassador between all cliques. Don't try it yourself. It requires extraordinary finesse. In short, I pretty much run things around here. You're lucky that you met me. I can see that. Let's check out your class schedule. Uh, You don't want this class. This teacher grades on a curve. This guy uh, is afraid of getting sued, so he gives A's across the boards and never tests and never takes role. 
And he says, uh, uh, nah, that's cool, man. I'll stick with this schedule. A rebel, huh? Suit yourself. Name's Bernard Dowd. Bernard, got it? Never Bernie. Call me Bernie and I'll have to punish you. Oh, I'll talk about that too. <laughs> so, for the uninitiated, or for the surprised by this, if you've never read this book, yes, this is Bernard, Tim's current day boyfriend. Yes, because when the gods of Pride Month 2021 rolled around, actually, I don't even know if it was in Pride Month. I think it was like October of last year. It was just it randomly. Was. They just did it. It was. When, okay, because it was in, okay. In 2021, in Batman Urban Legends, which is an anthology book, which um, is actually pretty fun, usually because it gives uh, writers a good opportunity to do. It's usually for more up and coming writers, but it can also be just like, hey, do you want to do like an interesting character study? There's a really good Chip Starsky written Red Hood story in the first like six issues of Batman Urban Legends. It's actually like one of my favorite Red Hood stories of all time. And so the Red Hood thing finishes and I was getting this month to month. And I was like, oh, then issue number seven has a Tim Drake story. Oh, that's cool. I'm going to keep subscribing to the book because he's my boy. Um, and I read the first of three, part one of three. And he's talking about how he's like, just broken up with Stephanie. Off and age. Again, <laughs> again. Uh, which, listen, I personally love that they are on and off again. It's it's like I love it. I love that they are either like amicable exes books. or kind of bitter exes or they're dating. Like I like that it's a cycle. But he laments about how he just broke up with Stephanie and all of his friends are like, Hey, you've been really distant lately. Like, my dude, do you want to talk? And he's like, No. And then he keeps longingly staring at like random strangers on the street who are like kind of holding hands. And he ends up then going to get dinner with Bernard and he's really nervous about it. And I was reading this and I was like, this feels really gay. <laughs> are they? they? They'll never do it though. People have been asking about this for years. People have been begging for this for years. They won't follow through, but like, this is probably as close as we're ever gonna get. This feels like a date. And then two months later, Two months later, he go, like there's a whole story about how Robin saves Bernard and Bernard knows that Robin knows Tim. And so he says, tell Tim that I said thank you. And we can, I hope we can just what is what exactly is the line? So Bernard doesn't think he's going to make it out of the situation alive because he got kidnapped out of the date. Right. But when Bernard invited Tim, he did not say the word date. He said, hang out, like go to dinner or something, catch up. And so Robin is saving Bernard and Bernard and Robin are about to like fist fight their way out of there. And he's like, hey, can you find my friend if I don't make it? And Robin's like, you're gonna make it. And he's like, no, 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 no. If I don't make it, I need you to find my friend, Tim Drake. And I need you to tell him that it was good to see him. And I really wish we could have finished our date. And there's and this a light goes off in Tim's head. A light he goes, his head. He's he goes, been moping around for two whole issues. He even like he even befriends a gay cop, which like interesting. Uh, prediction number one: Choice. that gay cop has got to be a recurring character in that book. Anyway, yeah. um, he like befriends a gay cop, and this gay cop's trying to like give him life advice because the gay cop can see what the fuck is going on here, and like him can't. <laughs> 
Tim's like, I don't understand why I'm so obsessed about finding Bernard. Like, why do I need to find all the kids? I've been, like, working on this case for, like, a long time. Why am I so obsessed about finding Bernard? Like, I haven't seen him in years. And, like, he looks really good. But, like, why am I obsessed with finding Bernard? And then Bernard's just like, hey, can you go tell my friend Tim that uh, I really wish we could have finished our date? Uh, and I might like- die in this, like, abandoned apartment building run by a cult. And Tim's like, oh. Oh, I. Oh. I like Fuck. <laughs> Which, listen, <laughs> anyone with eyes <laughs> could have told you that, my man. Because Tim and Bernard are fucking flirting on this page. They have been flirting since the second they met each other. The second. It's literally this three-page, very dramatic intro of, like, Bernard's this kind of, like, He's trying too hard to be cool, and it's very obvious that he's not succeeding. Bernard is... Okay, so two thoughts. One, the... If they were going to go the less interesting route with Tim, they could have just been like, look, Bernard is the only one of Tim's friends from this point in his life who's still around, and who isn't Stephanie. Yeah. Because Darla's gone. Yeah, we'll get to that. (laughs) Um, he he doesn't talk to Ives anymore, um, which... But also, he didn't talk to Bernard anymore. Bernard was gone for, like, ten years, and they yeah. just decided to bring him back. Yeah, but it was only, like, two years of Tim's life, because Tim is the, is the never-aging boy. He's yeah. He's 16 here. He's, like, 19 now, at oldest. I have opinions about that, but yeah. I also have opinions about that. Tim should be like 21 and running R&D at Wayne Industries. But <laughs> Let Tim drink. Let Tim Drake drink alcohol. Tim should He's get, earned it. Tim and Jason should get to have like a beer bash like Stone Cold Steve Austin after a mission. Jason should say, if you want to see me, drop this sorry son bitch. Give me a hell yeah. And Tim should be throwing beers to him. <laughs> Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but like the less interesting route is that Tim just like Bernard is his friend. And because Tim couldn't save Darla, he could at least try really hard to save Bernard. Um, yeah. Cause Tim could Darla. So spoilers for war games. Darla just gets shot in a hallway during war games. He gives her CPR for like 30 minutes. And, and she dies anyway. Like, she, right in front of Tim. Like, they're standing next to each other. And she is sniped. Uh, she's the daughter of a mob boss for Correct. context. So she is assassinated by a rival gang because War Games is what happens when all of the mobs turn on each other uh, because Stephanie is being kept in the dark about something she should not be kept in the dark about. Stephanie um, tries to put a plan into motion that requires Matches Malone. <laughs> and she doesn't understand that Matches Malone is Batman because Malone Batman didn't tell her shit. Um, a lot of the problems in these issues and the issues leading up to war games are absolutely caused by uh, Bruce Wayne being unable to communicate with teenagers effectively. Um, <laughs> Bruce just going, hey, I need you to not do this. And all these teenagers going, okay, but why? And Bruce going, damn, damn, this was so much easier with Dick. <laughs> Dick that's Bruce the problem. Being... Bruce tries to parent Tim and Stephanie like they're Dick. And Dick 
It, like, Dick would just go, yeah, sure, man, whatever. All right, you got it. Don't do that. I'm going to go. Till the day he didn't, and he on, quit. Until the day he didn't, and just quit. Like, that was the thing, is that when Dick decided he wasn't going to listen to Bruce anymore, he just stopped being Robin. Yeah, and then when Jason decided he wasn't going to listen to Bruce anymore, he, he ended died. up dead in the Middle East. And then Tim decides he's not going to listen to Bruce anymore. Uh, and he quits being Robin, and then Stephanie decides she's not going to listen to Bruce anymore. She gets fired from being Robin and starts a gang war on accident. So because you know, Stephanie Brown has something to prove. I was going to say a nickname, uh, a middle name there, and then I realized Stephanie does not have a middle name. That we she know. does not. Um, Let's but, give her one. <laughs> oh God! It it should be something like really boring. I honestly, that I should feel be like, like she's Marie. A, I was going to say she's like a Marie or a Nicole. Yeah, Stephanie Nicole Brown, Stephanie yeah, Marie I like Brown. That. Um. Anyway, back on the Bernard thing, though, you're correct in that they could have they could have chickened out and they could have been like, "Listen, he just really wants to save Bernard because he's his friend and he abandoned kind of abandoned all of his real life friends when his life fell apart and like it really I matters." Mean, but no, no, they made me very, very, very happy, and they decided that they were gonna go gay with it, and they were like. Oh, so the the Batman Urban Legends, the from 2021, three issue arc ends with um it's it's adorable. So the reason that they get out of the situation they're in is because Bernard helps fight their way out too, because Bernard has been taking self-defense classes ever since he got saved by Robin back in well, it hasn't happened yet, but like this era of comics that we're talking about pretty much right after war games um bernard gets saved by robin and is then obsessed with robin and starts taking self-defense classes and so he helps fight his way out of this like weird cult don't worry about it um and so tim and bernard escape bernard goes home everything's fine tim has the light bulb moment and he's like what the fuck do i want out of life you know what and then there's this entire amazing page uh where tim drake not robin goes up to bernard's house and is just like hey do you want to take a second shot at that date and he like specifically says like date and they're like yeah and then they're dating ever since yes um which is adorable there's another really cute issue a couple months later that's just like a couple pages it's part of an issue where uh tim comes out to bruce and bruce takes it really well which is good um uh which is great and then there's a hysterical pride special from 2022 this year which is the Tim Drake Pride Special, which collects those first four mini issues that I and mentioned and adds one. another one. And the last one, I do, I want to talk about this right now because I want to get into it before we talk about Stephanie's reaction to the situation. I want to preface this with, they do two important things in the one from 2022, which is that they have Tim not only come out to Steph, but also have her meet Bernard. Um, and two things happen in that conversation. It's a crazy bomb one, to drop in one, in one interaction. Hey, uh, sorry I broke up with you suddenly. I realize I'm bisexual. Also, do you want to come with me and be my new boyfriend? Insane yeah, at the same do. soda shop. I didn't realize it was the same <laughs> place. Insane thing to do. <laughs> Absolutely insane thing to do. Um, but two important things happen in that conversation. One is that Steph is cool with him being bi. Well, yeah, because Stephanie's bi. Listen... <laughs> Stephanie thinks Zatanna's hot. That's like that's canon. Stephanie and Cass should be a thing. 
I'm putting it out into the ether right now because me putting the Tim Drake thing out into the ether apparently saying, worked. We talked so, not 24 hours before the book was announced. You and I had a conversation where I was like, man. We did. I really hope they give Tim a book again. It's been like 10 years. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff they could do with him. And we then manifested. the next day... <laughs> We fucking manifested. It's because I w- it's because I couldn't shut up about the Pride special, and I was like, God, I hope he gets a book twenty four hours later. So collectively, Steph is okay. we are collectively we are a mutant circuit that makes things. Happen we are. We stuff. absolutely, <laughs> but <laughs> only things related to Tim Drake. <laughs> well, me and Manny did make the joke in uh, the Spider Man Blue episode. We made the what a oh, fool. Oh, that is starting. And, that is well, happening. We made the what a fool believes joke. And like when we said, Harry looks like who they wrote What a Fool Believes About. And then as I was reading through the Spider-Man Beyond stuff, um, there is a joke where a character sings What a Fool Believes. I said, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> um, so we we can become a mutant. Sir. Well, you're also slowly, slowly, you and everyone. I don't have a Spider-Man opinion. I want to be very clear. Everyone else is slowly manifesting the Spider-Man as a mutant. Uh, agenda that is it's becoming closer um i do every single time i read an x book that even remotely mentions it i do take screenshots and send it to the green chat (laughs) but what's happening here hmm ben riley is running buddies with the goblin queen now it's also on the in the mild spoiler for the krakoa era where the fact that uh mutants can resurrect is now public that's like the whole crux of the judgment day event event, is the announcement of that they show multiple times like a like the front page of the daily bugle and in the corner one of the articles is spider-man a mutant question mark (laughs) and hmm anyway also just wrote hellions is now writing spider-man listen Zebulos is great. Zebulos is great. The second important thing that happens in this conversation between Tim and Steph when he comes out to her is A, she's cool with it, and B, he very clearly clarifies and says, like, I am bisexual. I still loved you. That was real. We we don't work right this second. I need to figure my shit out, and I'm dating Bernard right now, but like, this is not a I was gay the whole time and, and we didn't mean anything like and I think it's important that they put that on the page yes because um, um, like my I think my aversion to a lot of because like I'll admit it here 10 years ago I was very averse to the fan and interpretation of Tim because a lot of it was predicated on the idea that Tim was not, just flat out was not attracted to women and that Stephanie was a beard. And I hated that idea. Yeah, that's awful. That is that is absolute bullshit. Um, and I'll say it. Uh, I'll say it to yeah, anybody who, who thinks otherwise. Tim always loved Stephanie. He spent- He loves her so much. Oh, we'll get to that. He thinks he kills a man in, in three issues. Because someone breaks her leg. Someone he, breaks her leg and threatens to kill her, and he literally beats what he thinks is a man to death. Yes. Um, and also, like, there's an arc later, because, again, Stephanie dies soon. Stephanie's going to die uh, at the end of War Games. Uh, and she's gone until Chuck Dixon comes back to the book in, like, issue 170 or something like that. Uh, she's gone for, like, 40, 50 issues. She's gone um, for a long time. So when he so when he sees like 
Spoiler is back. He does not, Tim does not think, oh my God, Stephanie's alive. He thinks someone is impersonating my dead girlfriend. Someone yeah, and is he's in, horribly offended. He's so pissed off. He's, he's so, so mad. so mad. And when he catches her, he's like, who the fuck are you? And she takes the mask off. And she's like, it's me. And he said, Stephanie. And he doesn't say anything else. He just grabs her. Tim forgets that he has a girlfriend at this point because he is so excited that Stephanie is not dead and grabs her and pulls her fully up into his arms and kisses her. Like, Tim uh, loves this, this increases the count of the number of times that this happens to him while he still has a girlfriend. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Mm-hmm. Poor <laughs> Wilkins. Um, and then during Red Robin, where he's kind of dating Tam... He almost kisses Stephanie again there. We already covered that. <laughs> we did cover that. We covered that in the Batgirl episode. Go listen to that. Um, but yes. Tim, Tim loves Stephanie. And I always hated the so idea much. that Tim does not. Um, because, however. However. People can love multiple people. People can love multiple people. Absolutely. And this is one of those cases. Because in this comic, Tim and Bernard are flirting 100% of the time oh, that they also, are on panel together. I would like to add, Tim is always flirting. <laughs> like, yes. people, think, people think Dick is the flirty one, and I get that. I understand the compulsion to view Richard John Grayson as the flirty Robin. However, yeah. Tim is always, always flirting and does not realize that he's doing it. It's how he befriends the entire football team, which we will also <laughs> get to. Uh, <laughs> He does it uh, multiple times in these issues. Oh, and we'll point it out every single time. Also, an important thing that I want to point out, I because I I fully read like I fully read all of these situations with Tim and Bernard is that Tim does not realize he's flirting because Tim does not realize he's bi. We know that because we know the light bulb moment when Tim realizes he's bi and it's when he's fighting off a cult with Bern with Bernard in 2021. So like he does not realize this. This is not a conscious thought. I fully, deeply, in my whole soul, believe that for a hundred percent of the time that we know Bernard Dowd, that he is aware of the fact that he likes men, and he is not happy about it. I was gonna say, or he does not want people to know. <laughs> and he he because once again, this is two thousand and four. Mm -hmm. Being the gay kid in high school is not a good thing to be in two thousand. And in two thousand and four. Um, if anyone, if any members of Gen Z are listening to this podcast, I'm so happy for all of you uh, that you don't have to deal with this shit. Uh, when but we were in I cannot school. overstate to you how being the, the single gay kid in your high school in 2004 is like the kind of trauma that takes like 15 years of therapy to heal from. Yeah. So, um, Every single interaction that Bernard has is this machismo performance of stereotypical cishet masculinity that doesn't land. Like, he's trying really hard and he's really bad at it. The, the and comparison. It makes him so much more interesting than what they were obviously originally writing. There's yes. no way they were implying that this dude was gay. They no. were just like, oh, this is the chatty best friend who can't get girls. But, like, it's so no. much more interesting if you look at him just like, he literally said, oh, I don't fit into a clique. What that means is I don't want to get close to anybody because if they figure out I'm gay, I'm going to die. Right. 
The comparison that I drew is that he reminds me of Richie from Static Shock. For those he of you does. That he also know, looks like Richie. He also looks like Richie. Um, for those of you that don't know, Richie is gay. His comic counterpart, Rick, comes out in like issue 11 of Static. Like he's getting bullied and he says, these guys tried to beat me up for being gay. And someone's like, oh, they, it's really bad that they tried to do that because they thought you were gay. He says, no, they didn't think I was gay. They tried to beat me up because I am gay. Like he is affirmatively gay on the page in like 1996. Like, And they don't. They don't do that that early in the show, do they? They, they really no, they wanted do to do it in the show. What they, but because of standards and practices of 2001, they couldn't do it. What yeah. they did instead was they made Richie extremely performative. So he tries yeah. really hard to come off really straight, and he does not. <laughs> like knowing that, like it's why Richie's always trying to—he's always trying to like, hey, Verge, you want to go? The you want to go out with the Frida and Daisy? He's not interested in Frida and Daisy. He's interested in no. <laughs> Yeah. And that is what happens every single moment that Bernard is on panel is that, you know what? Let's just keep going because I yes. want to get to specific examples and I don't want to preface it well, too much. Let's start with this one right here where he tells Tim, he's like, he says, uh, Tim introduces himself. He says, good, good, glad to know you, Timmy. Tim. He says, see, we're always, we're already getting along. I said we're going to be best, be good friends, you and me. Now, let's go over a few of the social rules. You'll eventually have to learn them all, but I can cover the main ones that you, will let you survive the first day. Most important of all, never try to date any girl that I like. My, oh, Bernard. My not, no, That's not going to be a problem. My for this is, oh, chill out, Bernard. You don't even like girls. He said, I don't. Uh, and... It's hysterical because, like, the way that this is played, and not just the way that this is played, the literal next page, like, there's a page turn, and then immediately after this, there's, like, an internal monologue where Tim thinks, it looks like I've made my first new friend at the new school. Luckily, I don't share many classes with Bernard. On first impression, he seems like the type I'll prefer in small doses. <laughs> Which, we'll put, A, we'll put a pin very in funny. We'll put a pin in that. B, um... Over the course of these, like, five issues, he dramatically changes his mind. Yes, there's, by the end of these five issues, he and Bernard are just hanging out. <laughs> all the time. Like, he invites Bernard over to his house. I think partially to prove to his dad that Bernard's a real person. Um, we'll get to that. Uh, but he invites Bernard over to his house, and he, like, warns his dad. He's like, hey, just as, like, a heads up, he takes a little getting used to. But, like, he invites him over immediately. His dad's yeah. just like, oh, when are we going to meet this Bernard? And Tim's like, oh, I can invite him over. Heads up, he's, like, a little much sometimes. But, like, absolutely, no shame. Like, he he likes this guy. Yeah. I don't think he, he realizes very, he likes this right, guy. He at the very least likes hanging out with Bernard. I also have a note uh, about the way Tim is dressed. Uh, this dude definitely has hybrid theory in his uh, in his CD player. Yeah, absolutely. Tim also, Drake, for sure, Lincoln Park guy. Also... Very, he's wearing a red t-shirt with a black <laughs> long sleeve shirt underneath that has like yellow stripes that go down the arm, almost like the Nightwing stripes. Um, and he's wearing these giant, the baggiest fucking Jinko jeans. Not, they are such Jinko jeans, and they are so long that he has them cuffed, but the cuffs are like four inches tall. I cannot. As was it's, the style at the time. Yes. Tim he, has Woodstock 99 on DVD. Tim, 
Tim and Jason bond over Limp Biscuit songs. Yeah, also, Tim Drake comes from money. He can afford whatever clothes he wants. He, he can be like this trendy. On purpose. <laughs> he, he, this is not like, oh, I went thrifting. Like, he went to the mall and he purchased this outfit. Um, <laughs> with his father's money. With his father's AMX. Um, a, a couple things that I do want to point out really quick with the little Bernard intro is that Bernard not only noticed uh, the fact that he... Bernard looked into his eyes enough to be like, oh, your eyes are clear, you're not a stoner. And then he acknowledged the fact that he was, like, too clean <laughs> to also be a stoner. And then he also acknowledged that he was ripped. So <laughs> I just... I just want to throw that out there. I, I like to think that Tim partially dressed, like we already know that Tim always dressed like this, but he partially dresses like this to kind of hide that he's fucking jacked. Yeah. Like I imagine Tim has like the physique of like a soccer player. Like, yes. Like look up a picture of like, of like Messi or Ronaldo. Actually, specifically when I think of what Tim's body type looks like, I think of Neymar. Um, and like, Neymar, if you saw him on the street, it's like, that dude clearly is an athlete. That dude clearly, like, works out. Uh, and so Tim, like, they hide, like, he wears the baggy clothes to hide, like, you are weirdly yeah. in shape for a 16-year-old who does no sports. Uh, yes. They do frequently, and talk about this all the time, Tim is short. Uh, he's a short king, Tim and because like he wears six. the baggy clothes, every single person, they're just like, we know Tim is really small, and he's really scrawny, and he probably can't hold his own, and like, he probably won't be good at sports, and it's literally just like, he's just wearing baggy clothes all the time, yeah. but he's, yeah. he's kind of short. There's an arc where Tim gets sent away to a private school, and he intentionally fails at soccer, <laughs> because guess what? Guess what Tim would be great at? Soccer. Soccer. Yeah. It, like he's like, damn, that'll take way too much time away from my Robin stuff. Also, it'll definitely draw too much attention to me. So I'm gonna be bad at this on purpose. Yep. <laughs> so it's he's great. bad at it on purpose and uh so that he won't make the team. Meanwhile, he's like cut away to him killing it at the skate park. Ah. Uh. I fucking love this comic. Tim this definitely. whole book, this whole book, I, lo I love it so much. So now that we've spent like a gajillion years talking about the three pages of the intro of Bernard. <laughs> we get introduced to, to our uh, our erstwhile antagonist of this story, Johnny Who looks Warren. exactly looks like exactly Bernard, Bernard, but with a ponytail. <laughs> Johnny is the guy Bernard wants everybody to think that he is. Yeah, that's a good description. <laughs> like, it's Johnny a very good description. is, this is a 2003-ass character. Fucking long trench coat, long blonde hair pulled into a ponytail, dual- Pistol in one hand, sawed off shotgun in the other. Kicking in the door, he said, ah, knock knock, anyone home? Guess I'll have to let myself in. Kicks in the door at this apartment. Which says, is hey, a let's... very good kicking in the door panel with the door all like curved and everything. Like Some of the action scenes, I, I ragged on the art earlier, but like some of the action scenes, really compelling. Um, the motion is the, really good in this book. Like this series of pages is good because it's like threatening in exactly the way that it needs to be. Yeah. Um. So he just breaks into this woman's apartment. She's just ironing clothes. She's just a lady. She's like not, we've never met her before. She's just a right. person. Random brown woman. Just... Yeah. And like points a gun in her head and is just like, where's your boyfriend? Where the fuck is he? 
He was Where? on that crew that robbed that armored car, and then he disappeared into the wind. Her name and... is Debbie Offwhite. <laughs> yeah, it... That was another moment in which um, you telling me that this is the same man that wrote Fables is making a lot more sense. Uh, he, I'm not even kidding. Like, well, her name's, okay, her name's not Off-White. It is, he says, he calls her that. He says, you must be his girl, Debbie Off-White. And she clarifies that it's Braunweiss or Braunweiss, yeah. um, which... Weiss is white. Yes, and that's why he corrects her and says, that's what I said, off-white. I know what I said. Really quick, they keep trying to imply that she's Latina, but that is... That's a German name. name. Um, Also, one of the covers later actually draws like a Latina woman who's obviously supposed to be this Debbie person. And then you turn the page and she's just like, she looks like a white lady, but with like a slightly darker skin tone. And I was like, Oh, another case where the covers are great. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, this poor woman is being terrorized by this dude with two guns who shows up and is just like, where the fuck is your boyfriend? Well, I just fucking he stole your character. Yeah. He's like, he stole a thing from an armored car and he didn't, give the goods to the boss, basically. He's the henchman of the of, uh, crime Mi- dude. Of Mr. Akista. Remember that name. Yep. It'll come up uh, later. Also, that's supposed to be Italian? Is that a real Italian? I feel like her name should be, I feel like the name should be Aquila. Um, or Aqua. I, we are not talking about fucking Amara. <laughs> <laughs> no. We're not talking about magma. <laughs> also, magma is Roman. Yeah, but like, uh, whatever. We're not going to get into this. <laughs> no, we can't do it. We can't do it. Anyway, this poor lady just did all her laundry, and this man shows up and throws all the laundry on the floor and points a gun at her face and says, where's your fucking boyfriend? And now we come back to the high school. Uh, yeah, uh... Yeah, In I... which Tim Drake runs face first. <laughs> yeah, Tim is also trying to get away from Bernard. He's, like, actively... Bernard's just like, hey, bud, you want to hang out? And Tim's like, oh, I gotta go. <laughs> uh, I got something I gotta do. And he says, hey, you better watch where you're going, man. And Tim goes, what? Bangs right into who we find out is Darla Acquista. Yep. And when I say face first, I mean their face, they whack foreheads. Yeah. It's like, like, he, like he a gives her a, He gives her a stun gun headbutt. You know what? Are there any sound effects in this book? No. I just thought about that because I, I said like, oh, it's like a bang. There's no. No, there's like a visual, like a, like a star, like a star. Shot. No, I'm flipping, I'm flipping through all the pages of this issue. There are no sound effects. Very weird. In this whole issue, in scenes that, like, could Probably really use happened. some sound effects. Yep. Yep. I know exactly which ones you mean. Uh, and so uh, Bernard says, Darla, meet Tim. Forgive him. He's new here and hasn't been housebroken yet. Pick up the ladies' book, Drake. <laughs> because Bernard is trying to give the impression that he would like to make out with Darla. He's trying real hard. <laughs> Bernard He's not succeeding. To- he tried so hard and he got so far, but in the end, it does not matter. Didn't even matter. It does. <laughs> uh, and t- Tim thinks to himself, "Way to go, Tim! Way to make an impression on your first day." 
Darla Kista. Why does her name sound for, so familiar? Cut back to Johnny, and who is we're back duct taping poor Debbie to a chair um, and threatening her with an iron. This is a very 2003 fit she's got on. Yeah, this is a I ju- I was what she was in the house ironing clothes watching TRL. Oh yeah, this is this is a woman who watches like telenovelas. For, for those of you who don't know what TRL is, back in the day, you had to turn on MTV and hope that the music video that you wanted to see was in the top 10 videos they were going to show on TRL. There were a number of shows with this format, including, and arguably, uh, more culturally important, 106 in Park on, uh, on BET, uh, as well as like Yo MTV Raps, uh, MTV. I would like to point out YouTube was invented in 2006. Right. This is 2004. If you wanted to, if you did not own a CD, uh, if you did not know how to operate Napster or uh, shit, you did not record your own mixtape off of Ooh. the radio with oh. the shock jock talking for the first. 10 seconds of the song you didn't have it on playback <laughs> so your only option if you wanted to hear some songs you liked was uh flip on to one of these viacom owned channels and watch uh, watch their tv shows until they played the music video uh that was it and that is what i that is the impression i get that debbie was doing she was in her house minding her business just got her. fuzzy slippers on right Tank top, like house it, yoga pants, like just in the house chilling, watching some ironing clothes until her iron, her iron that she owns, is plugged in and put in her face as a weapon. First is a threat, and uh, we find out later a threat that was followed through on. Yes, thankfully for all of us involved, they don't actually. Show, show the moment, which, like, in terms of, like, late 90s to early 2000s, like, cruelty towards women in comic books, I'm actually kind of surprised we, in a pleasant way, that we didn't get the shot. Granted, this is Robin. If this was Batman... Oh! Oh, oh if this Iron was Detective Comics, this, it would have been if this was If this was, listen, and also, like, less than a year later, we do get very graphic scenes of Stephanie Brown being tortured by black masks, so... And guess what book that is in? Not Robin. It's in tech, I think. It is in Detective Comics. Yeah, tech is... Tech is great. Tech is very dark. Um, Anyway, there's a lot of talking. All of this talking is basically like... Blah, 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 where's your boyfriend? Blah, blah, blah. Johnny doesn't shut up. Johnny's he an does. asshole. <laughs> He's such an asshole. Um, now we cut to the Batcave, and this is where we can truly see that, like, the cuffs on these Jinko jeans are truly, like, four to five inches wide. hilarious. This is a fucking Boy Meets World-ass fit. <laughs> this looks exactly like Boy Meets World. Like, <gasps> I'm positive I saw so Sean right. wear this exact outfit in an episode of Boy Meets World. They're also very low-rise Jinkos. Like, the he's, he's got his, like, Calvin Klein's up. Yeah, like for across. some reason, Tim's got his shirt, like, halfway up because he's, like, changing into his uniform. He but just starts stripping on the way down to the back. Yeah, he doesn't make it to the locker first. He takes his shirt off on the way. Alfred's there. 
Tim is a um, medicine gym class, I'm sure. Uh, and so we meet the gym teacher later. The gym teacher says he's very nice. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Tim also intentionally uh, slows down on the mile in gym. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's good. And so he's like, "Hey, where?" He refers to Bruce as his nibs. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? There are so many. Uh, there are so many moments where he just says things that I don't understand. He says, hey, Alfred, where's his nibs? What? What does that mean? Master Bruce is at Star Labs conferring with some of their scientists. They think they might be able to rig, rig some sort of detector to track the missing artifact. Great, I'll change fast and join them. Not so fast, young man. Master Bruce left instructions. You have to stay here to do your daily calisthenics re regimen. Then you have to complete your after-action report on today's on yesterday's bit of business with the armored car robbery. But I already told Bruce everything, and yet and yet really nothing counts. really counts until it is written. <laughs> Since fucking when is Bruce making him do reports? Bruce is him doing paperwork. <laughs> Bill Willingham is... came in and said, "All right, they're just going to be the cops." <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness. So Tim very obviously is not going to do this. Right. But we cut. Alfred's we cut like, back. Do your homework here, or you can go home. And he's like, "Hey, I have an idea how to find the missing guy. That's not fair." And he says, "I've no doubt the very heavens weep at your misfortune." Okay, I do love the way that Alfred is written in all these books. He's Alfred is. This Great. is nothing to you, but it'll mean something to a good chunk of the people that listen to this podcast. Alfred is written like William Regal here. William Regal, for Jesse and the rest of you that don't know about wrestling, <laughs> William Regal, professional wrestler, very English, uh, was the general manager, of, like he was an authority figure on one show uh, for, God, almost 10 years. And then, now, it runs uh, a fight club. <laughs> <laughs> he he's the um, de facto leader of a group uh, called the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, it is where men who would like to become better wrestlers beat the dog shit out of each other, and then use the skills they learn kicking the shit out of each other to kick the shit out of everyone else. <laughs> their current For them. <laughs> their current members are John Moxley, the most from <laughs> a man who be is best described as being from Cincinnati. Uh, <laughs> Brian Danielson, uh, a terrifying vegan with a history of head injuries. <laughs> Wheeler Yuta, a young man from Philadelphia who decided, I'm going to stop hanging out with my friends and hang out with these fucking guys because uh, I want to be a better wrestler. And Claudio Castagnoli, um, pound for pound, one of the strongest human beings I've ever seen. He uh, looks like... Uh, he looks like... Uh, a variant of Jason Statham and speaks four languages, five languages. Genuinely, Damn. <laughs> really, really great guy. Uh, also, can pick up a grown man uh, and just carry him like he was a baby. Uh, uh, yes, like She-Hulk. Yeah, like She-Hulk. <laughs> Not, <laughs> Not uh, the Hulk. Specifically, She-Hulk. I'm, I'm going to send you a picture of, of Claudio Castagnoli because I want you to... I just need you to see that I'm not kidding when I say he looks like a variant of Jason Statham. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> and when he's he not does. when he's not doing this, he runs like a coffee shop. You know what? Good for him. <laughs> Men contain multitudes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile, our man Ollie uh, is. He makes it home. Yeah. And poor fucking Debbie has a giant iron print on her face. Because Debbie got fucked up. She's alive, though. Yeah. I feel and... so bad for Debbie. And... Debbie didn't want any of this. This wasn't Debbie's fault. She didn't do any of this shit. Right. And he gets home and he looks and he says, Johnny, what did you do? He says, Shh, your sweetie's had a long day. Don't want to wake her. Oh. We had such a pleasant afternoon while I helped her with the ironing, caught up on all the latest gossip. He says, Johnny, I says, Mr. Aquista wants to know where you about this job you pulled with your friends and why he only found out about it after the fact. And most important, where's his cut? That one piece you actually got away with should fit the bill, right? Tell me where you stashed it. He has stashed it ten feet away in the other room. Could, could it be in in the building? Could it have been, perhaps, in his hand when he came in? He literally just put it down next to the door when he closed the door to walk inside. Yeah, it's it's right there. <laughs> it, also, really quick, it's in a red case that has a skull and crossbones on it. What what else could it possibly? What else could it? And a radioactive be? signal on it. <laughs> Simple. So we're back in the Bat Cave. Tim is trying to hail Batman, but apparently, like, the shielding around Star Labs uh, locations is just, like, too thick that their top-of-the-line state-of-the-art communications can't make it in, which anyone who has ever lived in an apartment building mostly made of concrete will understand. Yes. When your cell service is dog shit. Basically, he's having that problem. Batman's in a bunker hanging out with some Star Labs people. Can't respond to anything Robin is saying. And so Tim's just like, well, if Batman can't make it, I guess I... Okay, so here's the here's the part where his hair truly is just blue. Yeah, and not even in, like, a blue highlights for black. Like, it's, no, it's, it's blue. It's think of same. every single... Think of every single female Asian character in a cartoon. From think the year Surge. 2002 to whenever Big Hero 6 came out. This, That's what his hair looks like. If you've ever seen the X-Men character Surge, his hair is that color in the front. It's, it's exactly... We can't bring up Surge. Why would you bring up Surge? Because it's, it's the only comparison I can think of. Like, I'm right. Like, that is... That is <laughs> I will look a picture of Surge right now. I know what she looks like. Like, that is for sure what her hair looks like. It's that color. Um, and so he's like, well... Uh, I guess I guess I'll just go look. He says, "Hey, Alfred, uh, work's done. I'm heading home now. I don't, but I uh, don't suppose I can borrow one of the experimental motorbikes that? Okay, fine. I thought I'd just ask." And he says, "Well, I'm not disobeying Batman's orders directly. A superhero has to show initiative. Has to be able to react to changing situations. He drummed that much into me, and I tried to call him in on this instead of going myself. I did. I'm covered. So why do I feel guilty?" Why did I specifically not tell Alfred what I've decided to do? Because it's easier, because uh, forgiveness is easier to get than permission. It's not his lectures I mind or the punishment details he and Alfred work out for me. I can take those. But when Bruce gives me, sometimes gives me that quiet look of disappointment he saves for those times when I really screw up, that's the part that hurts. 
I feel like Bruce gives Stephanie that look a lot more than he gives. That is a hundred percent of what Bruce looks at Stephanie like. Also, really quick, while he's been narrating this, he left the Batcave, made it to a bus stop, got on a bus, made it to a train station, is now on a subway, and is just like moping around on the subway and he's lamenting the fact that public transit is taking too long and he's just like oh the, he, he could be he could be like in the wind by the time i get there like he's got a backpack his robin costume is in the backpack he's just like a pedestrian taking public transit because Remember he just had a car <laughs> yes the red, the red bird i do i do remember the red bird what remember happened to that board? thing no you don't do know not. the red board? It was his fucking skateboard. <gasps> yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> oh, Marcus. Marcus. You unlocked, you unlocked a memory. I think it about the red board. deep in my subconscious. I forgot he had a skateboard. Surely, I cannot overstate that this comic started in 1993. I, I need all of you to know that 1993 is when this comic book began, which means that every single 90s trend that you can think of, Tim Drake was a part of. There was a point where there's an, like Tim has a guitar in his room in one uh, one issue, I remember. He's a big- He plays Xbox later on in these issues. He has a nine, he wears a Nine Inch Nails t-shirt at one point. <laughs> he, he's our edgy boy and he, we love him for it. He is the Robin of the 90s. Um, what happened to the Redbird? I don't remember. Let's look. While you're looking up what happened to the Redbird, I will explain that he finally gets to where he's going. Um, he mentions that he tried to reach Batman again, but Batman did not respond still. Um, and he's like, all right, it's up to me. Um, and so he puts on his costume, he goes up to the roof, and he repels down into the window because he is the only one who has figured out that how he finds him, he mentions this earlier, how he finds this location is that um, the guy they're looking for, basically, there's an APB out on him, the whole criminal underworld's looking for him, no one can find him, but Robin realizes that this woman named Debbie, um, Debbie Brownweiss, or Brownweiss, bailed him out of jail two years ago with cash. Like, she paid, she paid his bail, and no one's no one's heard any updates on that since. So he, uh, sorry, it wasn't with cash. It was with a credit card. She he she bailed him out of jail with a credit card. He hacked the bank, got the address records associated with that credit card, and found the address of where the credit card company mails the bills. And he's going to that apartment. It's so good detective this is, work, frankly. It is. It is. And this is another thing that I want to point out is like that they they do all of the and I want to be clear that I'm not I'm not saying that I love it when all of the robins get like stereotyped into a niche all the time basically. Listen, I love fan fiction. I do. I cannot stand Bat Family fan fiction. Oh god. The it way drives people, me insane. The people write, I enjoy I enjoy Wayne Family Adventures as a fun romp. With sometimes. No stakes. With no stakes. Sometimes I think it is funny. I think it's like the kind of in jokes that we make on this podcast. That's right. why I think it's funny. I don't like most 
interpretations of the bat kids and i don't like it when anyone over prescribes like one trait to one of them too much however i will die on the hill that tim is the best detective out of all of them including bruce yes that's like, that's like a defining trait. hands down like Raish al ghul tells him this yeah and i think that the only reason that bruce is like technically a better detective than him is simply because one. bruce is older yeah by the time Tim gets to be Bruce's age, he will be a better detective than Bruce, hands down, no questions. But even when it's just kind of like a, oh, okay, Bruce might be a better detective than him on some things, that's an experience thing. And Tim should be better than everyone else and all of the cops and most of the villains. Remember when Tip was a police detective? That boy should not, we can't. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Which time? The first when he time. was Dick or when he was Rick? You, you and I both know I haven't read shit to do with Rick Grayson. Yeah, me neither. Oh, me. He might have been a taxi driver. I've, I've read the issue when uh, when he gets shot he, by the KG Beast, and that's yes. all. I don't know yep. shit else. That uh, is a good issue. But anyway, so I just want to be clear, like. Tim figured this out. He also hacked a bank to do it, which I appreciate. Uh, but like, I don't know. They just, they go out of, out of their way to like really show. Also, he's of all the Bat Family people, other than Oracle, he's also always the first one to adopt new technology. They had this whole subplot. Do you remember the subplot in the 90s with the computer that he had that was small enough that it could fit Feet in his, his suit? Glove? And it had a special button. It had a special yeah. mouse that you could like press all of the button so it was like a keyboard yes and he had this plot where he could like basically it was like google but it wasn't google because google didn't exist he could basically like google stats about the people that he was fighting while he was fighting them uh and get like a heads up display of it and it was i love this book he's always like doing cool tech stuff Anyways, we hacked a credit card company and he has the address and now he's here and whoopsie doodle the bad guy's dead not the bad guy who ironed a lady's face the boyfriend yeah just and dead corpse on the ground shot through tim turns looks sees debbie there uh he says damn she was a snake shooter bit me rookie move i let the body distract me and he goes to help her and i would like to note this happens to tim i can think of one other time off the top of my head that this exact thing happens to him uh where he pulls the tape off her mouth and, he's, and she goes, watch out, he's still here! He's still here! And Tim gets fucking clobbered. This also happens in a really early issue of this same book where Stephanie gets kidnapped because people know that she... They don't know that she's spoiler, but they know that she's the Clue Master's daughter. She gets kidnapped and Tim Is saves her. Is this when he gets hit in the face with a brick? <laughs> no, that Stephanie hit him in the face with a brick when they first Okay. Hit. He, he finds Steph and he's like being kind of like smug about it. And he's like, ah, look who needed my help this time. I guess we're even for you saving me. And he takes the, the gag off her and she goes, behind you, moron! And he gets... <laughs> it's so good. Also, another thing that we should mention, a common theme in this story, um, is Tim's overconfidence leading to him getting wrecked. Yes, that, that uh, mentions is... it multiple times in this specific issue of like he let the body distract him and he kept saying like rookie move I let the body distract me then he let the lady distract him and then he gets clocked in the eye by the butt of a shotgun and 
and the issue ends with him being held up by his hair with a gun held to his head by Johnny. Johnny yeah. He, Johnny says, close your eyes, Debbie. This is going to make a big splash. Yuck. He is a gross dude. He is a freak. Yeah. Um, so this next issue, this is the one where the cover clearly shows like a brown That's, Latina woman. That is Cecilia Reyes. <laughs> that, yeah. Like, she's got big curly black hair, and then you turn the page and you look at Debbie and it's like a white lady. <laughs> <laughs> Debbie, <laughs> Debbie Brownweiss. Blackfishing? More at 11. <laughs> Call out post for Debbie Brownweiss. I always took it to mean, like, it was probably in the script that she was supposed to be, like, not white, and one of the artists went for it, and one of the artists did that. Yeah, because, uh, uh, let's let's see if I can't... It's a different colorist on the cover, too. Right. Uh, but, like, the again, the her hair is different here. Like, this is... Oh, it, it looks entirely different. Like, this looks like a different person. Yeah. Anyway... Um, so, he's got a gun to his head. Looks hopeless. Also, how the fuck is that dude holding Tim Drake up just by his hair with one hand? Yeah, and I'm not talking his... about, like, he's not, like, like, his, he's raising his arm. Tim is a full foot off the ground. Like, what kind of forearm strength? What and kind of grip strength do you need Tim, to suspend, like, a five-foot-five person made of pure like muscle? Right, Tim's probably, like, 120 pounds. All probably muscle, more. All muscle, natty. <laughs> and one arm! It just... I do not understand. Anyway, uh, Tim starts to get cocky. Again. Yeah, he says, uh, don't worry, ma'am. I don't think you'll shoot me. He says, think I won't, bad boy? Hoping my compassion or better nature will save you? <laughs> then you're an idiot. Ask anyone. Johnny Warren's got no compassion. And my only nature is bad. Clear down to the bone. This man is a fucking caricature. Ugh, this guy, like, as far as, like, comic book villains go, this guy is the most comic book villain. <laughs> Not gonna lie. I thought he was really weak. The, I, like, I, I I think he's the worst part about this whole arc, I, honestly. Like, is he he is so formally like a goon. <laughs> yeah, and that's and, and he's not even like interesting because that's the thing, is like if the Joker were to say those exact words, it would be fucking terrifying. Ask anyone but the, the Joker's got no compassion and my only nature is bad. Clear down to the bone. Like exactly. That's fucking scary. This is just a dude with a low ponytail and a trench coat. This is a troll holding a gun. character. This, it's just a dude. That's, like, then that's just like, oh, I'm a tryhard, like, early 2000s cool guy. This is a guy, the bone. This like, is a no. guy you kill early on in Infamous 2. <laughs> <laughs> so Tim, once again, does that thing where he, like, twists a gun in his hand and he's like let go or I'll snap your wrist he pulls out a chunk of Tim's hair Johnny does yes Tim clicks the safety on the gun also his uh his narration box is the right color now yes which I do love that he specifically mentions like the very first thing he does is turn the safety on on the gun yeah. I was like you know what that's a really good idea if you're having a close range 
scrap over a handgun if you can turn the safety on. I like that. Like, yeah. I don't know. It just, it seems logical instead of like, I kicked him as hard as I physically could. It seems more right. like smarts. And then he does kick the, the shotgun away. And he's like, let go or I'll break your wrist. Break your wrist. And he's like, you little punk. And then Tim does like, start talking shit again. He says, you're out armed, you're outclassed. I'm not bragging. I'm just well, tra- I'm just too well trained for any guy like you to have a chance of beating me. Because as far as t- Tim is concerned, Johnny is, a, is just another mook. Yeah, he's just a thug with a gun. Right. And he says, I'm, he says, you think you can take me? Of course, but I'm offering you the chance to surrender without being hurt. And uh, Tim whoops his ass. And he says, yes, you, you need to stop. I can do this all night and you're beaten. And like he beats him and he says, shut up, shut up, shut up. What do you think? What are you trying to do? Humiliate me? Make me look bad in front of the whore? Like that's called for. Debbie didn't deserve that. <laughs> Debbie was in a committed relationship with a guy you murdered today. Yeah, Debbie, for two years, she bailed him out of jail two that's years her ago. Man. She's been standing by her man. And you and she didn't squeal or anything. Right. Like she didn't betray him. You ironed her face and she stuck by her dude and then you shot him in front of her. Poor Debbie. Justice for Debbie. He said, he says, uh, I'm not one of those guys who gets off on beating the bad guy or anyone for that matter. He says, get the hell out of here and leave me alone. Which is a hysterical response. Not going to lie, I did laugh when I read that. With <laughs> yeah, the, like, really then leave, leave me alone. And he's like, you're doing crimes. I can't leave you I'm alone. I'm Robin of Batman and. And he says, Johnny, and, I, I sorry, can't do that. You're all done. You're not getting away. And he says, quit saying my name and dives for the shotgun. Which this is a moment where Tim makes another mis- like rookie mistake, which he literally says, "Uh oh, dumb move! I let Johnny get between me and his guns." Which, like, seriously, yes. my dude, you were doing so well, and you got overconfident, and you kept saying, "Like, admit it, you're beaten. Admit it, I'm better than you. You're outgunned, outclassed. Like, I'm the best." Shut up! Like, sit down. I don't even want to do this. I could do this all day, and he wasn't paying attention as to where the fucking shotgun was. Right. Like, my dude. Yep. Uh, cool it. Johnny dives for the gun. Tim realizes this and grabs one of his tangler grenades. And he just kind of flicks it. Yeah. He doesn't even like really, he just kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> Finger roll, light touch. Yeah. Uh, and Johnny says, who said you could say my name? And Tim looking at him with his hand and the gun webbed up. He says, you better not pull that trigger or you'll blow your own. And th- this does have a big. <laughs> on it. This is and the first sound effect in the entire comic so far. Johnny blows his hand smooth off. Uh, it is, it is a, it, this is Star Wars style. It's a rounded stump. Yes, it's fully, fully Anakin Skywalker. And he says, ah, look what you did to me. Look what you did. He says, why did you shoot? What did you think was going to happen? Says, You're bleeding. Let me, and, I and he love, looks insane in this panel. I, say, I love Johnny's face in this last panel. It's really good. He says, he, Stay back, you! Surprised you, didn't I? Didn't know I had another gun stashed away. But I always do! Smarter than you! And I learned my lesson. I won't let you get close to me this time. Happy now? He says, Johnny, you're gonna bleed to death if you don't do something. 
your hand's shaking too much for me to hit it from to hit me from there. But if you come closer, I'll take that gun away too. Face it, it's over. Like Tim Another is, time in which Tim is being too fucking cocky and it's like my dude. Tim, this one is him being cocky. The first one's yes. This one, he's like trying to reason with him. He's like, look, let me get you to the hospital because you are clearly fucked up. Just True. give Tim, up. Tim does want to prevent him from bleeding out. Uh, just give up. You're done. You're done. You're shaking because you're losing all that blood. You're going to miss if you shoot me. And so, he's and like, also, you only have one hand now. And if you want to get away with the case, which is what you came here for, you're going to have to drop the gun and that'll be a problem for you. And Johnny decides, well, Tim, you're too far away for me to hit. Robin, you're too far away for me to hit you. Uh, and if you come close, you will take the gun. And I do need the one hand to take the case. So I'm going to shoot Debbie. Just turns he's in like, the oh. gut. He goes, how about this? Pop. This is another bang. The yeah. second sound effect in two issues. Yeah. And, and poor, once again, poor Debbie had an iron on her face, watched her boyfriend die. This woman is, is having a very gut bad shot. <laughs> Jesus. This woman is having one of the worst days anyone could possibly be having. Yes. And he says, you and can save her or you can stop me from leaving. Your choice. And, of course, Tim does the Tim thing and lets that guy go to save the person who's in need. Which, good. That's yeah. It's a hero thing. She lives, by the way. Yes. Um, uh, t- uh, miraculously. Somehow. Bruce shows up looking very svelte. He looks very svelte for this whole... Okay. <laughs> like, this is a particularly slim and trim Batman. This is like when Dick was Batman. Yes! This is what Dick Batman looked like. Bruce Bruce looks real lean here, man. He, <laughs> one, chicken, one chicken breast, two asparagus. Um, yeah. He, anyway, he's trying to cheer Tim up because Tim is just like, I fucked up and that woman got shot. And the dude got away with the weird weapon and we don't even know what it is and we can't track it. And Tim says, if I had gotten here sooner, I might have saved two lives. I need my own transportation, Batman. I did look. I don't know what happened to the Redbird. I will have to look up. I'm just going to have to read, like, the preceding issues and see if, like, something tells me. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Because I do not know why he does not have the Redbird. Um, And Bruce says, fair enough. That's another thing we can deal with later. But right now, you need to consider how you're going to explain a black eye to your folks. Tim says, I'll think of something. Because he got whacked in the face with the butt of a shotgun. And his genius, and it actually is a pretty good excuse. Um, his excuse is that he stayed at school because he's now home late. And his yeah. father, Jack Drake, who will come up more, and stepmother, Dana. Not Dana. No, that Dana? is Dana. That is, that is Dana, Dana Winters yeah. Drake. Dana. Yep. And he explains it as, because it's late at night now, he's like, hey, yeah, it was my first day of school. I stayed late to try out for the football team and I got a black eye and I didn't make the team. So I'm just, I'm tired and I'm just going to go to bed. Jack and his dad is so proud of him. <laughs> He's literally, he, he says, you did fine, son. Even if you didn't make the team, you got in there and took your lumps like a man. My boy's growing up. <laughs> and Dana says, don't you encourage him, Jack Drake. Tim's a scholarly type, much too delicate for rough sports. This is the the Neanderthal age, and we aren't the Flintstones. Dana, 
I have thoughts about Willingham's Dana. Because uh, <laughs> this feels inconsistent with Dana. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so then we cut to a scene where Johnny, who now is entirely missing a hand, but has the case, uh, goes to his mother's house. Just ends up in his mom's house. Just, Look and what he did, Ma! Look what he did to you, Johnny! That is the perfect voice for him. I'm gonna you know, kill him, Ma! I'm gonna make him pay! Oh, God, no! He's turning into a Yu-Gi-Oh! character! Uh, no! He's, he is... You know who's really a, a Yu-Gi-Oh! character? On the next page, our pal Bernard! Bernard is fully Joey Wheeler. I have opinions about this scene. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited we got to this scene. So, uh, um, so they are, they're at a restaurant called Tweedledee's, which I am pretty sure is the restaurant that they go back to in the 2022 Pride special where uh, Steph meets Bernard for the first time. We should check that, because that sounds right. But it's... Uh, if... If you're willing to wait like a hot second, I can literally pull out the issue if you're willing to cut out the dead air time. Yep. All right. All right. Took me a second to find because I couldn't remember if I put it under Robin or Batman miscellaneous titles. It was under Batman miscellaneous titles. All right. I need to know. I need to know. No! It's not. It just says coffee shop, but it looks the same. It's the same inside. It's the same inside. It's the same inside. The floor is different, but it's the same kind of layout. Okay, but also like, this is the outside. This also looks like the, okay, yeah, that's not it. But it just says coffee shop. Yeah. This is also the same the same layout as the diner Stephanie and Barbara are always at in Batgirl. Oh my god. Uh, I fucking love that one where she fights off the goons with a stool and she shows up wearing like a slip and a trench coat looking like a stalker. Um, really and quick, I should also mention there, there are more than there's more than one situation in which Stephanie uh, is like either dating or crushing on a man who is not straight and she thinks that like a girl best friend is gonna be a problem but in reality <laughs> it is not uh it's not the girl at least anyway um we can we can cut all that that time if you need to yeah. <laughs> um anyway but they're at this like it's a burger place it's very archy uh and uh, I almost called him Joey. Bernard says, "Admit it, Drake. You've got an abusive father who beats you." He says, "You're too, fu- you're too, too funny, Bernard. Say, I need my algebra notes back." So he says, "Oh my God, she's here." So really she- quick, but like, look at Tim's face when he says that. He's like, from if you look at only the text bubble, it's like, oh, this is a dude who's annoyed by Bernard. If you, you look, look at, at how Tim's he's drawn, face. this this man is flirting. And again, he doesn't know that he is. No, Which- he's unaware. Listen, I it was not until I was like 19 that I realized like, oh damn, I flirt with like everybody, huh? And don't know that I'm doing it. Whoops. <laughs> I didn't that know. Is literally My mother had to tell me. She was like, yeah, you're like your dad that way. <laughs> what? And I asked my friend, I was like, Ben, do I like flirt with every girl we meet? And he goes, yes. Do you not do that on purpose? <laughs> Dude, no, I don't. Incredible. Um, Tim's hair is still blue. <laughs> uh, it is. 
It is fun. Like, that's not... That is a deliberate choice. His hair is just blue now. Um, yeah. He, so, Bernard's just freaking out because he realized... Darla walks in. That Darla's here. And he says, oh, if you're acting this way, it has to be our goddess in residence, Darla Kista. Why are you so afraid of her? She's probably human. Why don't you just go up and talk to her? It's me? Afraid. <laughs> no way I'm afraid of any girl. It's those giant jocks she's always ha- hangs out with to scare me. So, so if you if you they weren't around, you'd hop right up and put the moves on her? Sure. Absolutely. So, and Tim just starts to get up. <laughs> he says, hey, where are you going? And he's like, where are you going? <laughs> I'm calling your bluff. Don't let me down. And then this next part is truly the most like bisexual icon Tim Drake accidentally <laughs> flirting with three football players simultaneously. He says, hey, um, excuse me, guys. Uh, hey, I'm Tim Drake. I'm new here, and I have only one friend so far, uh, and I can't afford to lose him. The trouble is that he's madly in love with Darla here and dying to talk to her. Now, as we all know, the official rules of guys dictate that you'd be fully justified in beating the snot out of anyone dumb enough to make a pass at your girl. So here's the deal. Just this once, I'm willing to take the beating that's coming to him. I'm not suicidal enough to try fighting back, but I still suggest we go outside so that you've got all the room you need to make a proper job of it. And they look, the guys look at each other. all look at each other. (laughs) And then they just, they clap Tim on the back and they're like, eh! Yeah, you're a pretty funny guy, Drake. (laughs) Also, they're just like, besides, she really ain't our girl. Darla, don't date nobody. We just (laughs) hang out with her. We think she's pretty neat. Come on, you can buy us sodas while your bud takes a shot at her. <laughs> and, then and, then, and then they walk away, literally with like. Also, I should mention these jocks are like six foot three, these and Tim is five huge. five. They are they so are much huge. bigger than him. And so, and he's like smiling and like laughing, and this is all fun. And they like wrap an arm around him and like lead him away, and they're literally like, "Since you're such a cool dude, like absolutely, we'll let Bernard." We'll let Bernard handle this. And Bernard looks at Tim with the biggest glare I've ever seen as Tim's like hanging out. I want to point out not only hanging out with, but like getting positive feedback and attention from three hot teenage boys. <laughs> Looking back at Bernard like, hey, I just did that for you. And Bernard responds with, I'm going to kill you for this. <laughs> and so Bernard reluctantly, sheepishly, walks over to Darla. He's says, so bad at this. It's really bashful. He's, he's looking at his feet. Looking at his, he's looking at the floor. He, he's not, he can't even look her in the eye. He's, he's like, shuffling his feet. There's like little motion lines that show that he's like shifting his weight and he's looking at his feet. Also really quick, he has a wallet on a chain. It's 2004. <laughs> I, mean, I just needed to remind he's, you all. Tim and Bernard are listening to fucking Godsmack in the car. So then Bernard goes up to Darla and says, um, so, uh, Darla, I was sort of wondering if you see, I, and Darla said, hi, Bernard, your friend Tim is really funny and cute, too. Do you know if he's seeing anyone? And And then Bernard makes his face. Tim says, I I had to do it to him. And also, Bernard has the speech bubble, but instead of words, it's just like a angry scribbles of lines. <laughs> He's talking like but peanuts. Poor, poor Bernard. He girl bossed too close to the sun. Here. <laughs> he, he kept playing up how much of a ladies' man he was, and Tim was like, "All right, bet." 
<laughs> and then he was like, no, Tim, come back. Tim, no, no, Tim. I have to talk to a girl. I don't, mm, Tim. Like he's doing the finger thing. He's like, um. Uh, I was wondering maybe if you want to go on a date with me, Darla. Darla. Name your kid Darla is a. What? It's a choice. Also, well, hmm, let me, I'm going to. She gonna, would have been named in like 1990. Ni- uh, 80, 88. 1988. 88, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had to do math. It's, it's, listen, I may be an engineer, but that doesn't mean I'm good at mental math. Okay, <laughs> that means I, I keep my calculator up all the time. <laughs> I wanted to check something uh, and I was wrong. I was like, huh, 1988. How, what? Because I don't, I forgot what year rascals came out so i was like is her dad just a big little rascals fan but darla is like 15 16 so no gotcha um um also immediately after having the thought bubble tim has the thought bubble of i had to do it to him he was he has a second thought bubble on the very next page which is hysterical um which is guys absolutely have to embarrass their friends at every opportunity don't try to understand it and then he's on a rooftop and he's talking to Steph. And he says, to Steph, and then Bernard swore he'd sneak into my room some night, bind to gag me, and sell me to Bolivian organ pirates. I took a screenshot of this panel and I put it in the group chat. I just said, kinky. This, Bernard swore he'd sneak into my room some night, bind and gag me, and sell me to Bolivian organ pirates. Bernard is into some wild shit. Check his hard drive. <laughs> and Tim says, I think I'm gonna end up liking Bernard. <laughs> oh Tim. Oh Tim, you You end up really liking Bernard. <laughs> you have no idea. This is this is also one of those moments of just like you dumb fucking idiot. Whoa, you... he's bisexual. I didn't know that. <laughs> like the fact that it took him having Bernard say to his face that Bernard was on a date with him for him to be like, oh, oh. it's very funny. Anyway, Granted, he's talking. I, too, have been on a date and was not sure that it was a date until um, until, a, until a third party said it. But did so, you not realize something very important about your entire sexuality until after you found out that that one thing was a date? Not this, not that one thing. <laughs> okay. I was like, you don't have to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> Listen, uh, as, as, someone, as someone who was once a confused and oblivious queer teenager, I'm ragging on Tim Drake because I have been there. (laughs) And sometimes it takes another human being looking at you and saying, oh, are you and that best friend that you've been hanging out with for a really long time and you hang out with like all the time, are you two a couple? And sometimes someone asking that question to your face is the moment that you realize Oh, shit, I'm going to have to think about some things. And listen, sometimes it takes you a couple of years to get to that realization. I get it. But I love roasting him for it. 
In the same way that I like to roast my former self. When I tell stories to my friends, I'm just like, and can you believe I didn't even realize I was gay? (laughs) There were so many signs. Hindsight being 2020. Stephanie does ask, she says, and this girl is really, and is this girl really that pretty? And says, oh yeah, she's gorgeous. And it goes, oh, hey, whoa, don't look at me like that. I'm not interested in her. I'm head over heels in love with you. Good save. (laughs) <laughs> just, just beats the tag great slide he's literally like oh yeah she's so hot not as hot as you babe nailed it <laughs> and uh she says yeah he says you know that i love you she's like yeah sure it's just that i haven't seen you in days he's like yeah because me and batman have been searching for this johnny warren guy every night but he's managed to drop entirely off our radar stuff goes well you he'll turn up and we'll get him he's not the only small time crook in gotham and he's like, yeah, small time, maybe, but he's a stone-cold killer. And there's something about this one that scares me. We can't leave him at large. And uh, Johnny's mother is patching him up. Or, I guess, changing his bandage. Yeah, because uh, it's been a while. Time yeah. is passing. Over the course of these five issues, like, almost an entire semester passes. Yeah. Uh, it's, he says, why do, I want, why do you want to open it? He says, well, because if I wait it properly... I can sell the case, sell just the case back to the feds for a fortune. They won't know it's empty, and I won't have to report what I make to Mr. Akista. But we'll still have to turn the real thing over to him, just minus the case. He'll reward me, and I get paid twice. I deserve it after what I went through to get it. What the hell? It's, what is it? Damned if I can tell. And it's like a, it's like a spike. It looks like a sewing pin, honestly. Yes. Or like a giant thumbtack. It's it's just there's this like demonic looking face on a circle and then it's just like a three foot long like metal spike. Yeah. And it talks to Johnny says, Damned is an apt choice of words, boy. Johnny's the only one that can hear this. Yeah. She can't hear me, you fool. Only you. In my head this thing sounds like Keith David. (laughs) So says put it away. I'm trying, but I can't seem to let it go. Now comes the good part. What's it doing to me, Ma? What's it doing? Get away from us, you fat cow. He elbows his own mother. He gives his mom the fucking Judas effect. (laughs) He's like, help me, Ma, I can't stop. It just, it just, go on. Okay, this page is cool. This page is super cool. I rag on the art. This page is cool. Go on, push me in. You'll love it. It hurts mine. It's killing me. And it's fucking just... That, that panel alone is very suggestive. But anyway, it, it yeah. stabs him in the chest and it disappears into his chest. It does not come out the other side. Yeah. And also he's stabbing himself like in the heart. Yes. Or it's like right through his sternum. Yeah. And it is not coming out the other side. And now there's just like a medallion stuck on his bare chest. Just yep. right on the front with like an evil face on it. Uh, it says Tim says we don't find him life goes on Johnny Warden was never heard from again uh, Tim is doing Guardia with Alfred uh, and Alfred Alfred's fucking nagging him <laughs> he, says, he says hit it he says I am harder I'm hitting now I take that back a, f- a fluffy little bunny could hit harder he says oh isn't that a he says Alfred I, you know I love and respect you man but you're starting to tick me off 
Oh, isn't that a lovely revelation then, Master Tim? All the best heroes are known by their tendencies to become frustrated at the smallest provocation. If you're not cut out for this dangerous business, now is the time to admit it. Tim has been doing this for like three years. Yeah. <laughs> Tim becomes Robin when he's like 13. He had to right. fight then, Shiva before he finished puberty. Yes, and then Svelte Batman walks up. Slim and trim. He's just... On the catwalk. <laughs> um, and Batman reveals a motorcycle for Tim. Yeah, this becomes With Tim's a big R on it. primary mode of transportation for like the next 50 issues. I think until the end of the book. He gets a new Redbird uh, towards the end. Oh, yeah. Um, that looks more like a sports car. Uh and so he's like, it's rather impressive. Do you think you can handle it? Don't start again, Alfred. Let him enjoy the moment. I'm gonna... And so Johnny is laying on his kitchen floor going, I'm gonna make you pay, Brad boy. I'm gonna make you pay. And the, the voice says, shut up, you pathetic whipped dog. You're not going to do anything unless you first survive these changes I'm making in you. Uh, and that's gonna take more juice than you have left to spare. Call your mommy in here, boy. She won't come. She's scared of you. She better. I'm hungry. You expect us to make you expect her to make us dinner? Something like that. This poor mother. And Tim says, Oh man, my fucking new bike is so cool. Uh, I'm I'm so I, he says, I'm so I'm young, I'm handsome, I'm in great health, I'm partners with the baddest, coolest guy on earth, and now I'm owner of the world's hottest, most gloriously tricked out street bike. Uh, all right, maybe things are looking up after all. The quote, by the way, that was not an exaggeration that, that he was just doing are, for a bit. That was, he, uh, you did miss that he said, I'm young, devilishly handsome. Devilishly handsome. Devilishly Don't handsome. Don't forget it. I, he, he said, I look myself in the mirror, I want to kiss myself, I'm so pretty. Yeah, and he's like speeding through the streets and he's like, yeah, as Robin, he's like, yeah, this is great. Um, little does he know. <laughs> uh, the cover of the next issue is Tim as a skeleton with the tagline "Die Screaming Boy Wonder." You, you know that thing where it's like, does he know? <laughs> have you have you seen that the does he know thing with Riddler? Maybe. <laughs> I'm blanking on it. This is. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> How do we tell him? How do we tell him? Who I thought you were gonna be talking about like comic book Riddler. No. I was not pre- I, I I was when I clicked to that tab, I was not prepared for the Batman Riddler, which for by Paul the way, quick plug for the Batman. That movie was a spectacular ass. film that, movie that is like a beast. Somehow has some of the best on-screen chemistry I've ever seen in my, oh my entire God. life. That I whole movie. Sh- I second I, what the rating was in that movie. I thought yeah. for sure. I thought for sure Bruce and Selena were going to fuck it out on that roof. Yeah. Oh, my God. Multiple times in that film, I was. they would just be looking at each other, and just I'd be like, I have never cared so much about straight people making out in my life. 
I need you two to kiss and break this tension that you're building. <laughs> it's too much for my soul to contain. It's the tension keeps rising and I can't handle it anymore. And I need you to do something about it. And the tension would occasionally be broken by glorious, glorious jokes like thumb drive or every single cop in the entire Gotham Police Department running through <laughs> one hallway. Bruce. Well, Bruce, takes a, Bruce takes a fucking Spike Dudley pump off, out of midair onto a bus. He just clocks a dude in the face and then just runs out of the room. I was picturing the like. When uh when the cop says, "I got you an assault an officer," you got me on assault in three. It's I I gotta rewatch that oh, I gotta rewatch the that Batman. So I gotta fucking rewatch the Batman. That movie is dope as shit. Uh, oh my god! All right, now that that mild tangent is over, we have a new artist whom I like much more. Oh yeah, this is more of the like in-house style at DC at the time. Tim still looks Asian. Yes, everyone else looks less though. Uh, everyone else looks more like what yeah instead of everyone looking asian now tim just looks asian <laughs> listen if it, i'm fine with it that's that's i want to be clear it's just different <laughs> it is different than how he has looked for uh 10 years at this point so they uh, do this fun little intro where alfred is they're, they're uh, they're practicing Tim's like interrogation skills, and Alfred is pretending to be this like absolute heinous criminal that like murdered his his mistress and the mistress's other boyfriend and like a daughter in the house and also the dog and the cat. And he's like trying to light a cigarette, and then eventually he breaks character as Tim was literally two dogs, just, like, one cat, a cousin from Albuquerque. <laughs> And Tim's just like, okay, now you've crossed into the nonsensical. This is, <laughs> I think Bruce, the jig is up. I think the practice is over. Bruce, tell Alfred he's acting goofy. You're acting goofy, Alfred. On the contrary, gentlemen, I'm quite, a, I'm acting entirely in character. My thespian skills have seldom been in better form. Now if this exercise is concluded, I'll retire to spruce myself up before returning to my less esoteric duties. Some of my favorite parts of the Robin book is just when the three of them hang out. Just riff. like what? Like there's just this there's this one scene after uh after the one year later thing after Tim's life falls apart when he actually is like moving into Wayne Manor because he's been adopted because he doesn't have any family left um where it's just he's listening to the Clash and Alfred walks because he's setting up his room and he's just listening to the Clash and Alfred shows up and is just like how something as horrible as this could ever come from my beloved country I do not know. And then Bruce walks by, and it's just like, oh, is that the Clash? Nice. <laughs> Bruce is walking, and he says, Sharif, don't like it. What's it? What? <laughs> and, and Alfred literally looks at them and is just like, I'm surrounded by heathens, and leaves. <laughs> and the they all laugh about it, and it's just, it's just this like one page. But mm -hmm. I've remembered it for like twelve straight years yeah. because it's just, it's they're a family. Yeah. Um, I love them so much. Rest in peace, Alfred. Yeah. Uh, how are they going to figure out how to bring Alfred back to life is my question. Are they going to throw him in a Lazarus pit? There's no way that's permanent. That's... Um, I haven't been reading the Damien book, but I think that that is the implication is that Damien is trying to bring back Alfred. I'm not caught up with the Damien Robin book. I'm many, many issues behind. Um... Uh. 
But uh, anyway, they're they're chilling in the cave. And Bruce, Tim is still trying to track down Johnny. And Bruce is like, he's gone to ground. The trail's been cold for weeks. You can't obsess over one criminal. We've got a city's worth of scum to clean up. This is a word that I think, this is like an innocuous line. But it's a word I think describes Tim to to the letter. And it's obsess. Tim. Yes. Cannot help it. Yeah. Um, he, he has to. Um, he's, he obsesses over Batman and Robin's identities. He obsesses yep. when they meet Stephanie. Yeah. Like, trying to figure out what her deal is. He obsesses, he obsesses over trying to bring Connor back from the dead. Obsesses over trying to bring Connor back from the dead. He obsesses when he thinks somebody has brought Stephanie or, is my, uh, like, he thinks the general or somebody is like, like hired someone to pretend to be Stephanie. He obsesses yeah. when he realizes that Bruce isn't dead. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. He obsesses over Rachel Ghoul coming to try to take everything that Bruce earned. And in the because we don't talk about the New Fifty Two when it comes to Tim Drake, we we simply do not. Uh, so then when it comes to Rebirth, uh, and he's in Tech, that incredible Tinian run of Tech. Um, I should also mention. I don't know if we said that. Uh, tech is short for Detective, detective Comics. Comics. If yeah. if you all don't know it's just less of a mouthful but in the first six issues of james tinney and the fourth's run on detective comics in 2016 um those first six issues he's obsessing over the belfry and making or like the most perfect system and like like steph is concerned about it basically she's just yeah. like you are working too hard and, and even later in the book when he's like in the book much later he comes back and he's just like spending every single waking second on something and she's like you are gonna burn out my dude i'm concerned but it's just it's what he does he yeah he and it's funny because he knows that he does this in robin 183 uh he says i promised myself i'd never become like bruce closed off obsessed but i don't know if there's any other way Mm. so good that's the issue where he decides not to kill Captain Boomerang. No, no. different one. Sorry, that's the end of Red Robin. Nope, mm-hmm. never mind. That's Red is Robin. the one where he poisons Shiva's chocolate at the hotel. You're correct. You are <laughs> correct. That's when he fights Lady Shiva. I was thinking of Red Robin. Was it like 24 or something? Yeah, the last 26. issue of that book where he... The rad, last issue of Red Robin in which he considers killing Captain Boomerang because Captain Boomerang came back from the dead, but his dad did not. Right. Awkward. Uh, and Tim he doesn't says, do it. Batman thinks I have some kind of special nut against Johnny Warren. Uh, he's right. These two cops yeah. get uh, get fucking owned. <laughs> there are two cops yeah. staking out uh, Johnny's boss, and they just get fucking rocked by Johnny. Also, uh, this is this is one of those times where like. I think one of the other reasons why I don't really vibe with like specifically this Johnny story is because I don't love it when demonic shit and like supernatural shit in that way shows up in like Robin books. Like my my kind of limit with that is like the like the Lazarus Pit and like the League of Shadows and that kind of mysticism. Like I'm fine with that stuff. I'm fine with there being like a couple of mortal people. But um, a straight up Johnny. Demon. 
Johnny has renamed himself Johnny Warlock. He's wreathed <laughs> in fire. Johnny he's, Warlock is a hilarious name. It is. He's covered in fire. He has the thing, the medallion that's like stuck in his chest, breathes out two lasers that shoots the cops, <laughs> turns them into mummies and like drains their life force. And he's just like, this is a Robin villain now. And I... He's the, I would say he's the villain of Bill Willingham's run because he comes back. He's here oh, yeah. for these issues. And then he comes back in, um, when Tim moves to Bloodhaven. Uh, yeah. He's, he comes back and brings Darla back. <laughs> uh, and Darla is sent on a mission to kill Robin, but she wants to date Tim does not know that he's Robin. So Tim comes up with the brilliant idea to get Connor to dress up like him. I remember that. <laughs> and to let Darla think that he killed that she killed him. It's a very stupid plan. It is. It works though. It um work. and I distinctly remember that they had this like hysterical exchange between Tim and Connor where Connor is just like, "Hey asshole, that's magic." <laughs> no, what no, where he was specifically like it's a little tight. Like, <laughs> I, I'm more ripped than you, my dude. So I, I can barely fit into the Robin costume. I'll do my best. I might, uh, I might, open. Uh, I might stretch it out a little bit. I am kind of way more buff than you. Connor should just be Scott Stein. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Uh, he, have you, you ever heard uh, the, the phrase Steiner math? No. I'll show I you. I'm sorry. I, I'll send it to you after this. <laughs> okay. But, um, no, my point with all this is basically just like, I don't usually vibe with like, when there's, I just, I don't think demons really mix with yeah. Robin specifically versus what happens later in this same arc is that this dude has a vendetta against Robin. He leaves, he hides out in freaking Istanbul, and then he hires scarab who's fucking dope he hires like he hires the coolest assassin who has like a crazy tech iron man suit basically and she can do like she's as much of a threat as him the weird mystic but like she's just an assassin who's very good at her job and like that to me is a quintessential robin villain like the beetle from from marvel yeah well, no, actually, she's kind of like, what if Blue Beetle was super fucking evil? Yes. Um, and so the next day at school, Tim says, believe me, Bernard, I have no designs on Darla. But oh, no, Tim is still wearing this same outfit. They draw him in this same outfit. Like, that's something I missed from, like, the Staz Johnson era of this book. God, Bernard's wearing the same outfit, too. Mm-hmm. Bernard hasn't changed. Tim wore a different shirt when they were in the burger place. Bernard was wearing a different shirt in the burger place. He was wearing, like, a, like a light blue t-shirt. These are not uniforms, by the no, way. No, yeah, these are just their normal clothes. <laughs> oh, my God, um, imagine a fucking high school that had a uniform that was Jinko jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Principal with a polo shirt. I'm sorry. Keep going. Uh, and so he says, "Hey, I've seen the way she looks at you, Drake, and don't think I haven't noticed you looking back." Bernard is now trying to set Tim up with Darla because Darla told him that he's into him. Uh, he's like, "Well, you know, I'm happily involved with somebody else." He says, so you keep saying, but where is this mysterious Stephanie? What's her name? Why have I never met her? If you got something you want to tell me, then speak up. We're buds. I'll understand. We're too what modern. Do you think and he's light. implying. 
What do you think he's implying there? He says, we're two modern, enlightened men in the third millennium, Drake. No need to make up imaginary girlfriends. Tim, I really need you to tell me that you like guys, because I really, I, I, I. Tim. Tim, are you making up a girlfriend because you're actually gay and you don't want to date Darla? Because I personally would really like to know that information. I won't tell a soul. But I, but we're two I, enlightened men. We're I, bros. You can tell me. Your boy Bernard. I, I would like to add, Bernard has been wearing sunglasses on his forehead this entire book. He is, He never once pulls them down over his eyes. No, I think he did. I don't think he had them when he was in the... In the diner, I don't think so. But when he no, but this is just him. what he was wearing that first day. But right. seriously, those two panels of him just being like, hey, hey, bud, if you're making up an imaginary girlfriend, I can relate. Can you just, you just let me know? Please. I, I won't tell your secrets. Your secrets are safe with me. <laughs> Do you think anybody I just listening to, to Alicia Keys? And so he, uh, <laughs> Bernard says, uh, in any case, you don't want to be fooling around with Darla anyway. She's too dangerous for someone as innocent as you. He goes, huh? Yeah, rumor is her, uh, her old man's the neighborhood leader of the Bent Nose crowd. He says, Henry. Oh, like, is that a slur? That, that feels like, that feels anti- like a slur. That feels like anti Italian discrimination. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I was, well, it felt anti Semitic. Also that, because he goes like this, like with his yes. nose. It's, when I read that, I was literally like, is this a slur? It's like when he called that dude a sneak before. I was just like, this feels, I mean, listen, it's the early 2000s. People were saying slurs all the fucking time. Man, you, you couldn't escape it. Um, but So I just, it, it feels like a slur. Feels bad. It was bad. All right, moving on. We're moving on. At uh, Darla's dad's uh, office. Also, really quick, Tim puts two and two together, and he's like, oh, that's why I recognize her name. That's why I know her name. Um, And he says, the cops aren't watching. Uh, Johnny comes in on fire. (laughs) The cops aren't watching anymore. He said, that's the good news. He says, Johnny, my God, is that you? Ready for the bad news? Your prodigal gunman Johnny's finally come marching home with the big magic widget everyone's been looking for. Here it is, boss. Take it. All of you have some. There's plenty for everyone. Then he lasers all the mob people. And <laughs> out demon, of the chest. Just chest lasers. The, the demon says, quit showing off. Quit showing off, kid. Let's just kill and eat these goons. Italian food. Yum. Just yeah, that's rock- funny. <laughs> No, I need them alive. But I'm not unreasonable. You can take... If you're so damn hungry, take any three of them and scarf them right down. Bon appetit. Except the case... One of the most horrifying panels ah, yeah. <laughs> ever so in a Robin nasty. comic. It's so These nasty. men are melted. This, this it, dude... There are eyeballs coming out of sockets in ways that I wish I was not looking at right the now. The one that freaks me out is the dude furthest to the right. Because his face... Yeah is coming off his skull. His, like, lips have been pulled all the way back over his nose. His yep. eyes are shooting out. Uh, it, it's disgusting. It's, it's, his ear has elongated to be like a foot long. It is horrifying. Like, said, And Johnny looks so fucking evil. He's got this, like, crazy smile, and he's... This, 
I don't know how to explain it other than he looks like like this artist style doesn't look like David Baldeon's, but this one drawing looks like a David Baldeon drawing. Yeah, I totally understand that. Nothing else about it tracks, but like that one does. Also, you know what? Okay, you know what? I finally finally clicked of like why I'm a little confused as to why this dude is in this comic. This is a Constantine villain. Yes. This is this is a dude that Constantine should be fighting this or Zatanna. This dude should be t- fighting fucking Etrigan. Or Justice League Dark. Get fucking Detective Chimp in here. I don't care, but, like, it shouldn't be the bats. Uh, so Tim decides to follow up on one last long shot lead. Uh, Tim is- tracked down his mother. Yeah. He says, I took so long to find her because she remarried after Johnny's dad died in prison. Her name is Florence Steinmetz. Lives alone after her second husband divorced her. Maybe he's been hiding out this whole time with his mother. Uh, place smells bad, like something's dead in here. Walks right in and sees Johnny's mother mummified. Yep. And he's like, oh, I assumed that Johnny was here, but like, his body's been dead for years, so right. it's probably not Johnny. But then... The spoiler card. Our girl. Is Our like, girl. Yeah. She's like, hey, uh, Robin, I need. It, this is an emergency. I got dead cops on a, on a rooftop overlooking Willow Street and two more down in the nearby alley in the patrol cruiser. They're all mummified. And he goes, like Warren's mother? And she goes, what? He's never mind. I'm on my way. Call Batman, Nightwing, Oracle, anyone else you can think of. And Stephanie goes, uh, sure. Okay. Hurry. And this is the most, a a through line that has been going through all of these issues is that like Tim's relationship with Stephanie is going poorly at this moment. Like he goes weeks without talking to her. Like she mentioned on the rooftop before of like, okay, you haven't talked to me in days. Like I know you're obsessing over this guy. So he's been obsessing over this case so much. He's not hanging out with spoiler. And he also frequently forgets stuff about her life. This is one of them. She has recently been cut off from the Bat family because Batman is trying to discourage her from doing the superhero thing because she's not well-trained enough. And instead of giving her resources and support, Batman has decided he will instead cut out all potential resources and support. And Robin is the only one who talks to her. She doesn't have a way to call Batman. She doesn't have a way to call Oracle. She doesn't have their phone numbers. She doesn't know who they are. She can't use the bat signal like she she's stuck so tim just absentmindedly is like call batman and she's like uh what and so when he gets there he's like uh he's like hey when are batman and the others getting in he's like uh actually i didn't call them why not because they cut me off they froze me out he says oh she said you knew this oh right uh we'll we'll talk about that later for now i got i guess i gotta call them and then Tim has a fucking trash can thrown right at his head. Because Johnny has just basically extorted the mob, so the mob works for him now. Yeah. Uh, um, and he, now he threatened Johnny all their lives, mom works for him. Um, well, yeah, and he can, like, pick things up and chuck them. And he just whips this trash can, gets clocked in the face again. Uh, and poor Steph is just like, what the fuck is this? 
He says, now pay attention while I play whack-a-mole with your girlfriend. He's picked up several cars, several trash cans. And the demon is like, stop this, stop this now. You're doing too much at once. You'll burn us out. Uh, and Steph, fancy footwork, just cartwheels away from this falling van. Yeah, she's she's doing a good job dodging. She, for as much as everyone rags on her being untrained and unexperienced, she's doing a good job. And it's like, the thing about her being untrained is a weird note because Tim has been training her. Yeah, but Tim is not Batman and blah, 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 blah. blah, 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 blah. Wait, listen, listen to the Batgirl episode. We already talked about that for four hours. You don't, we, we can't rehash it here. Yeah. yeah. Um, but... Like, Tim is also being, like, restrained, so he can't do anything about this. Right. He says, stop it, you monster! For God's sake, you'll kill her! He says, that's the whole point. Now mind your manners, or I'll have to punish you. He says, stop. It's me you want, you got me. Spare her, I'm begging you. He says, begging's good, kid, but the whole point is to not only kill you, but everyone you ever cared for. So Johnny looks ancient, because he's burning all this energy. He's like, withered and scrawny. Also, he still doesn't have the hand. Yeah. He's still missing his left hand. Which, his body has, I don't know if it's mentioned it here, but the demon's like, I could regrow that hand if you'd stop burning through so much of our energy. Well, he also has a mental block. He's like, I could regrow that hand if you didn't not want me to regrow the hand. Yeah. Like, somewhere in your body, you don't want that hand back. And he's like, how dare you fucking blame me? And he's like, you're so, and I think the rationalization is that Johnny is so angry this yeah. is the one thing that fuels him. And if yeah, he, he can't let go. Bang, if he gets the hand back, he has no reason to be mad anymore. And so, so this he paid... will have no reason, I guess, yeah. is the idea. So he's just so fueled by his rage and his need for revenge. Um, before what happens next, we do have this incredible panel of Steph doing a high kick and kicking his chin so hard that it snaps his neck and his head is like lolling to the side. He's still alive yeah. to be very clear. Uh, she did not kill this man. He is still up and walking and talking and like uh, he then picks up the Robin bike and hits Steph with it so hard that her femur comes out of her leg in one place. It breaks her left leg so bad, it's a compound fracture of her femur. A, femurs are like as hard as concrete. Yeah. Femurs are very difficult to break. B, if your femur is broken, you are fucked. Yeah. Um, and so he says, finish you now. And Tim says, no, you won't. And sw- hits him with the toughest one too. He th- hits him high, hits him low, takes his head off, th- cuts him in half. Him in half. With how hard he hits him. And he is like, in pieces. Enough, man. You killed him. And Steph is on the ground, clutching, clutching her, her leg, leg. Yeah. writhing in pain. Everything's on fire. And Tim is like on the ground, realizing like, I've killed a man. Says I'm a murderer, uh, Bruce. In my opinion, he should get over himself long enough to go check on Steph. In my opinion. But that's going to be my opinion for a while. <laughs> my opinion. Folks, we here at More Comics Than a Motherfucker do not endorse <laughs> murder. 
No. However, if someone threatens one of your loved ones, threatens to murder one of your loved ones, breaks their leg, fracture of a femur, and wants to make you watch them die, I, for one, say beating them to death, not the worst thing you can do. Uh, I'm pretty sure that you could find a I lawyer good enough to help in a court of law. I would argue. We are not lawyers. This is not legal advice. I would argue as a uh, son of a preacher, grandson of a preacher, nephew of a bishop. Basically, uh, you know, related to a bunch of clergymen. If you kill someone protecting someone else, especially someone that you love, frankly, I don't think that's a sin. You're probably fine. I think that, uh, I think the good Lord, uh, would understand. And more Also, this man is literally a demon. He is also the demon. He is a demon. He's also hell. not dead. He is from hell. Um. He's also not dead! That is, that, that is your moral duty. That's just me, though. Uh, Tim, however, racked with guilt because that's the way he's drawn, uh, says... So racked with guilt that he is gonna distance himself from the girl that he loves that he did this for. He's like, I'm a murderer, Bruce. And he says, no, you're not. We don't know if you killed him because we don't know yet what killed him. So stop your blubbering. From what you described, he was being eaten away by whatever it was that was powering him. Now hit the showers. Take your time. Come up with other reasons you're a terrible person, and I'll shoot those arguments down when you get back. Really quick, that single line from That's Bruce. That's the relationship. Um, come up with more reasons you're a terrible person, and I'll shoot those arguments down when you get back. That is why Tim fucking loses it when Batman is presumed dead but is really in the past. Yeah. Like, that is why Tim, when he becomes Red Robin, has his, like, international tour of angstiness. And because Bruce is not here to tell him that he's bad. And is, like, willing to let Ra's al Ghul throw him out of a very, very tall window. And he's, like, not trying to catch himself. He's like, you know what? I did good. I made Bruce proud. I think, I think... I think this is the best that I, such a scummy, lowly human being, Me, can do. And such then Dick a terrible, saves him. pathetic loser. I know. And then Dick saves him, and Dick's just like, you fucking idiot. My God, you have friends, bitch. Clean yourself <laughs> up, man. <laughs> and Bruce is, Bruce is one of the people who's willing to talk to him straight and just be like, and when your shitty little depression brain comes up with more reasons why you're being a bad person, I'm going to tell your shitty little depression brain that it's a little bitch and that you're actually worth the world. So go take a shower. You're covered in goo. Uh, and Alfred says, aren't you being a little, being a bit hard at him, sir? Yes, purposely. This is a dangerous moment, Alfred. We could easily lose Tim. If we baby him now, he'll think it's because we believe what he believes, that he's a killer and a failure. So we'll do just the opposite. Over the next few days, I want you to play evil dr drill sergeant. Work him hard. Bully him. Don't give him any time to think and make sure he goes home exhausted every night. If you need me, I'm going to go check in on Spoiler. That's... I really want to point out very quickly that, A, Batman went to go check in on Spoiler. We never get to see it. And it's we never did. mentioned again. Yep. But uh, Batman went to go check in on Spoiler. Um, Tim's not at the hospital. Nope. 
Johnny is missing from the morgue for some fucking reason. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about that. And he turns up in Istanbul. He looks like fucking... Cool. He looks like Vega from Street Fighter. <laughs> yeah, still doesn't have the hand. This is where he learns that, like, it's psychosomatic, that he doesn't have the hand. We already covered this just a little too yeah. early. He's, He's also, in Istanbul. The funny thing about him hold, like, the hand thing is that he is, if you look at this uh, panel where he's sitting here with the uh, having a beer, he is holding the beer with his missing hand. Well, I saw it more as like he's wrapping the arm around it. Okay, because it's like the way this is drawn, he has a hand sitting right on his leg, and then his where his other hand should be is on the beer. It's very funny. Um, and that's the end of that issue. Yeah. And for the record, I forgot most of the plot of most of these issues when I was rereading them because, once again, I read them for the first time in, like, 2009, 2010. Yeah. Um, I viscerally remembered the one page. I was like, yeah, and then there's that moment where, spoiler, gets her leg really horribly broken, and Tim thinks that he kills someone, and there's fire everywhere. And then I got to that, and I was like, oh, this is that story. Right. So, like, that is burned into my brain. It is in there and then these next two issues also in there um so the first two issues i was just like oh i forgot about these and then i was like ah here we go um the cover for 124 also fantastic oh yeah where he's sitting on he's squatting on the words unmasked and he looks shocked uh it's good yeah uh so days go by turning into weeks and eventually months it is parent-teacher conferences at uh, at the high school, and Jack Drake, in a moment of what I can only describe as absolute clarity, <laughs> goes, "Hey, I'm gonna go talk to the coach and tell him the football team." that I'm glad he gave my son a shot during football tryouts. He says, oh, sorry, I'm Jack Drake, uh, Tim's dad. And he goes, uh, uh, oh, yeah, Tim Drake, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, I know he's too small, but just getting the chance was, he said, well, there must be some mistake. Tim never tried out for the football team. He's like, what do you mean? He, he did, he came out, he came home that night with a black eye and says, maybe it was the junior varsity team? No, sorry, I ran the tryouts for both teams. Uh, your son shows good hustle in PE class, but he's not showing any interest in intramural sports. Tim, for all his intelligence, for all his confidence, Tim really should have thought to actually try out for the football team. It didn't have to be that day, is it the thing. It could have been any day. Like, just have the proof that, that you tried. Did. Yeah. This or is a just, reminder that, like, he's or, he's very smart. He's also 16. He should have tried out for the soccer team. And then when Jack goes to the football team, he's like, what? You didn't go for the football team? He went out for soccer. <laughs> just like, have to, just the revelation that Tim is just like a European football <laughs> supremacist. He's a fucking Liverpool fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, gets into fights with Alfred who likes Man U. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back in the cave. 
Anyway, one sec. Jack Drake looks like he's having a heart attack. Jack looks like it's the worst day of his life. He looks like he's He's gonna pass out. Also, I do want to be very, very clear for a moment. He undoes his ties. For those who are not as well-versed in the canon of Robin as the two of us here, allow me to share some information about what the last two to three years of Tim Drake's life have been. I'm not saying Robin. I'm saying what... Yes, Timothy Jackson Drake. Timothy Jackson Drake has been through as a teenager. Um, His parents were kidnapped and taken to, like a Caribbean island nation that I'm completely blanking on, but it's probably the one Bane's from, if we're being honest. And his mother was murdered. By the Obeya man. In the process. Like, he lost his mom. His dad was paralyzed. And then slowly got better over time. And then remarried. With the help of Dana. With the help of Dana. And then Tim just switched schools and is in a new school and has only been there for like two or three months. There's all- so Jack Drake should be a little more prepared, in my opinion, for the concept of his son lying to him also- and acting out even just a little bit. Like, okay, he looks like he's having a heart attack because he's so distraught by the news that his son got a black eye once and lied about how he got it. There are so many, so many possible possibilities for how that could happen. It could literally be like, he got beaten up after school and was too ashamed to tell me. That that should be assumption number one. I- like, your son's I, been through trauma for the last three years, also, and your immediate assumption is that, like, he must be selling drugs. So here's the thing. Tim has been acting out for years. Um, you know, he... There was when they moved to Keystone City, and Tim just suddenly went oh, yeah. back in Gotham. Right? Yeah. As far as Jack knows, Tim got on a plane ran away. and ran away because he was homesick. Um, yeah. In reality... Tim had Wally West bring him to Gotham so that he could help Stephanie deliver her baby. Um, Which is great. The entire arc of Stephanie having a kid is really uh, good, actually. Surprising that that came out of Chuck Dixon, but, you know, we take the wins where we can get them. There was the time that Jack woke up and... Actually, Mrs. McElvain, their uh, housekeeper... You've told this story before, yeah? Yes. Goes to talk to... Goes to wake Tim up and Ariana is in his bed... Tim's not there, for Tim the record. Is not, Tim is not in his room. Ariana is there. And then Tim Tim's staying up. in the guest room. Right, which not a... Because Ariana climbed in through the window, and it's this whole thing. It's a whole thing. Um, so... So, yeah, like, okay. Tim's Tim, been acting out for years, but is, still, like... And so Jack reacts really harsh to this. Um, but just like, like, buddy, talk to your son. Right. Like, we're going to skip a little bit ahead here, because Tim does... Uh, he fights. Tim's also acting out to Batman. Right, yeah. Tim is in the cave in a training exercise with Batman uh, and just getting his ass kicked. And he's like... Yeah, getting his butt whooped, not succeeding. He's like, you know, last winter I still... He says, you had... Um, Tim is still... This has been months. And Tim is still, like, living with the Johnny thing. And Bruce is like... He's like... If you have something to tell me, then spit it out. Otherwise, I have better ways to waste my time. 
Since I'm back then, I still haven't killed anyone. So, so it's that again! How long are you planning to use that crutch? For three months, you use that incident to justify slacking off. You show up late for training sessions or miss them entirely. You're moody, petulant, and no longer self-motivated. Anytime, anytime Alfred and I aren't actually watching, you stop working. I've about decided you're not fit to continue being Robin. He says, and that's the real crux of our problem, isn't it? You've lost trust in me. You haven't let me go out on real missions or patrol on my own since the Johnny Warren case. Guard before the horse, Tim. You lost trust in yourself then, so I stopped giving you the weight you can no longer seem to carry. Is that true? Alfred, have you seen it too? Was it me all along? When you first came to us, Master Tim, you were so blithe and confident, ready to take on the world. How did my father describe the type? Ready to charge into hell with no more than a bucket. Don't Amazing mind saying. Yeah. Don't mind that admitting you seemed a godsend, the one young man who could exercise the ghost of Jason from our, from these chambers. Careful, careful, Alfred. Stick to business. This isn't an encounter session. No one needs to dredge up ancient history. Ooh. Take, don't, don't push the Jason button. Do not say the word Jason in Bruce's presence. Jason is not back yet, by the way. This is yes, not, this we is have not hush. hit under, this is not under the Red Hood yet. Yeah. Um, he says, I'll put you back out there the moment you show me that that's where you want to be. But you're, if you're going to keep using Warren to continue acting this way, not even knowing if you actually caused his death, well, that excuse is good once more and once more only. I'll accept it as the reason you quit. Take a day or two to decide. In the meantime, you're late for school. Alfred can drive you. And he leaves, and Tim just, like, doubles over and, like, collapses on the ground, and he's just like, well... It's parent-teacher conference day. Lucky me. You don't need to drive yeah. me to school. Jack and proceeds this, to... Really quick, before we move on. This is the moment where, like, I was all on Team Bruce in the previous issue, where he's just like, no, we can't baby him, because then, he'll think like, I know how his brain works. Right. He'll, he'll think, think that he's right. Yes. Uh, I am no longer on Team Bruce, because that is what you do for the first, like, week, and then you get the boy a therapist. This boy, this is a depressed child. This, this, especially when he's just like, you've lost motivation. If you're not actively being watched, you're slacking off. You're not paying attention. You're not self-driven. You're not the like happy-go-lucky kid we knew. That's clinical depression. Which you would know, Bruce. You think that man has seen a therapist? I don't think Alfred The only therapist he knows is fucking Harleen Quinzel. I don't think that Alfred told him he was seeing a therapist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so back at the... Al Alfred's taking it from the perspective of just like, well, back when I was a Secret Service agent in the, the, back the when Queen's I was Army, uh, this was something that Majesty we had to Secret do sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes to prevent the men from going off of their rockers, they would have to speak to a professional, and it would usually help. So we're going to get this for young Master Bruce. Um, no, Tim does not get a therapist. Tim needs a fucking therapist, because this is a depressed kid who, because of his depression, is having the threat of, like, the thing that he loves most of all being taken away from him yeah by a father figure right that's not how you you can't bully someone out of depression bruce tell, tell that to my friend chris when we were freshmen in high school uh <laughs> oh no it worked <laughs> 
and it works on Tim too, which I find insane. <laughs> which, granted, granted, Stephanie doesn't bully him. Yeah, Stephanie has him like much. a she has like a come to Jesus moment. Right. Bruce is ragging on him. Yeah. Stephanie has a different tact, which we'll get to her in a second. But before we can get to her, we're going back to Jack Drake, father of the year. Asterisk on that one. <laughs> Jack is going through Tim's stuff. And like Tim's like, Jack, what are you doing? He's like, I'm searching it. He's like, why? What for? Drugs? Weapons? Looking He's looking under the mattress. Paraphernalia. <laughs> I'm assuming he has crack and weapons. <laughs> yes, my son is selling crack cocaine on the streets of Gotham. It's the only it. explanation for is why that... he had a black eye one time. One time, four months ago. He's, uh, it's, it's his damn rap music, Dana. He's standing on the corner. He's right slanging rocks. <laughs> uh, that's what the sound said, Dana. Ah, oh, shit. Here comes the motherfucking cops. I, I, what do you want from me? Jack Drake would support the, the war on crime. Oh, Jack Drake. And I don't mean Batman's war on crime. Jack Drake is the most Republican man I've ever seen in a comic book. Yeah, he's very, very Republican. Jack Drake um, for sure thinks that video games cause violence. No, they get to play video games later when Bernard comes over. But, okay, but then I'm, then I'm playing Grand Theft Auto. No, they play a Batman and Robin video game. <laughs> <laughs> that Bernard bought because Bernard's a Batman and Robin fanboy. Uh, anyway, and, Jack Drake is tearing this room apart, like, uh, and maybe, Tim goes to hang out with Steph. Yeah, uh, Dana tries to stand up for Tim, and <laughs> he's like, uh, "Oh, this part, this, this part annoyed insane. the shit out of me." Jack <laughs> says, part, "They, I, I can't." According to that good parenting pamphlet they gave us today, it says we should have been doing this all along. Says, well, the bad kids maybe, but not Tim. He's sweet and gentle, and he's at that threshold age where he really needs his own space. I thought so too until I spoke to Coach Hawkins this morning. Tim's been lying to us, Dana, sneaking out, getting into fights, and who knows what else. I do this line. <laughs> it's insane. Do you think it's that girl, Stephanie, he likes? She had a child out of wedlock while she was still a kid herself. Do you, do you think she's a bad influence? Dana. Dana, she's Dana. so worldly and Tim's so not he's such a trusting innocent boy she could be luring him into all kinds of mischief Jack do you think Tim's still a virgin <laughs> I have I have a lot of thoughts I have so for really quick really quick who describes teenage pregnancy as having a child out of wedlock two thought one Thought one. Did you want Stephanie Brown to marry that boy? I didn't. <laughs> he, no. he explicitly left after the earthquake. He's gone. Two. He's 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 gone. She she also is not raising the kid. Bam. Non-factor. Two. Who told Dana that Stephanie had a baby? Maybe Tim. I guess. Uh, Tim might have. Tim told a lot of people. Three. <laughs> Well, he didn't tell a lot of people. He told Bruce, oh, he Barbara, told Barbara, and Dick. That's it. That's not a lot. That's three people. Uh, uh, fair, fair. Um, maybe Stephanie told her. I don't know. But my thought is this. Or maybe they just ran into Stephanie at one point when they were dating and Stephanie was obviously pregnant. Tim and Stephanie have been dating for upwards of a year. Tim and Stephanie started dating 
around the time that Dana and Jack started dating. Yeah. Also, just... Mm. What's your third thing? <laughs> My third thing... I have two more things. Th- yes. thing, thing number three. Dana ha- Dana likes Stephanie prior to this. They planned Tim's birthday party together eight issues ago. Yeah, this is insane. When I read this, I was literally like, this is bananas. This is insane. Four. Thing number four, like the horseman. Woo! <laughs> Dana has a lot of goddamn nerve throwing stones, not just from a glass house, but somebody else's glass house. Because Dana, this man who is now your husband, was your patient, a rich widower, who had just lost his wife due to being poisoned by the Obeya man. He was also paralyzed and needed you for help! You're his physical therapist, Dana, and now he's your rich husband, Dana! Yeah, you buried into some family money. Dana? And you think, and you think that Jeff is a bad influence on Tim? I... This was so insane. I do have one more thing. That is explained on the next page. Uh, At Stephanie's house, Tim goes and sees her. Uh, I would like to take this time to remind everyone that Crystal Brown does know that Tim Drake is Robin, and it never comes up. (laughs) Stephanie has a haircut. She has a bob. We will Uh, never see the bob again. uh, The bob will never return. I also say she's got like spiky hair in like two issues from now. Um, I well, love... because two issues from now is like six weeks later. Yes. I which is still not Stephanie's enough time bob. to grow out a bob, but... Uh, she does have a bob before this, too. She has a bob at Tim's birthday in issue 116. I now realize I haven't seen her face yet in these five issues. Yes, this is the first time she was. She's only, been, she's only been spoiler. She's only been spoiler. She's had this haircut the whole time. Okay, never mind. Then it was just <laughs> under the... Just under the hood. I, I didn't read the issues preceding these. I, I, yeah. I've read yeah. issue 116 so many times. That issue's burned into my brain. Um, I think I, I might own that one. So um, Tim shows up. Tim looks like Jason now. It's very weird. Yeah, the art style kind of dramatically changed out of nowhere. It goes back. This Tim is just look, one weird page. Tim looks fucking huge on this page. It's super it's weird. Just, just a weird page. It's because she's sitting. Anyway, she has this like gigantic cast on her whole leg, which I mean, like, yeah, because her femur was sticking out of it. Yeah. Um, but it's been three months and she says three weeks, two days and 16 hours until the cast comes off. Not that I'm counting. She says, hey, aren't you supposed to be some sort of impressive detective or something? Did you notice the hot girl on crutches? A perfect excuse for a gallant young man to offer his arms or even other socially forms. Uh, other uh, forms of socially accepted touch, <laughs> acceptable touching. Uh, ooh, look. Look, oh. a park bench. We can get into some inspired public necking, which I've dearly missed doing for fucking too many days now. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, and then this is, you've mentioned this so many times, but we finally found the real quote. And he says, sorry, Steph, I guess I'm just not in the mood today. And she says, him, oh, thou object of my current idolatry. If I waited until you were in the mood, I'd have less human contact than an agoraphobic hermit in a one-monk monastery. 
an agoraphobic hermit in a one monk monastery. Stephanie's uh It's an incredible line. I gotta I gotta hand it to her. Stephanie I, t- I, I warned you all this was gonna be the secret Stephanie Brown podcast. Yeah. She she should be singing that song from Cats here. <laughs> all alone in the moonlight. Touch me! It's easy to leave me. All alone in this memory. I was beautiful then. Uh, this, listen. <laughs> listen. The styles of Jesse. Um, the, 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 I like musicals. Um. Stephanie desperately I got high before I saw Cats in Theaters one second I took an edible before I saw Cats in Theaters and it was the best thing I ever did in my entire life um Stephanie very much would like to get uh touched on felt on something she's trying to get poked on I good for her very uh, much Rocky Horror Picture Show with the touch a touch a touch a touch me song all of that she is singing directly to his face and he's just like and he's just like i don't know i'm kind of depressed and she's like will you fuck me that might make you feel (laughs) better (laughs) oh you're kind of depressed you know what'll make you feel better pussy (laughs) 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 Uh, um he's like how would you feel if i wasn't robin anymore uh fucking dana is trying to go through tim's computer jack is, has Dana is not successful really quick. She's like, if he has some kind of diary, he's better at hiding it than I am at finding it. And I'm like, of course he is, Dana. He's been using computers since 1991 when no one knew what a fucking computer was. He knows what he's doing. He's got crappy little speakers hooked up to it. Uh, it's you a- know what? In 2004, I don't think those were crappy. <laughs> um, she says, well, if he's keeping any kind of a journal on his computer, he's better at finding it, at hiding it than I am finding it. That's my boy, computer genius. Says, That's odd. I, I when I moved in here, I could have sworn this closet was deeper than this. Okay, so this is where Jack loses me here because you remember the depth of closet. You remember the depth. Here's the thing. My job <laughs> involves me knowing the depth, the width and depth of objects, of spaces even. I could not tell you what five <laughs> feet deep looks like. I don't know. Yeah, I'm guessing. I, <laughs> I did. <laughs> um, I got no like. Though, so, not gonna lie, I do love those moments in movies. Whenever there's some kind of like mystery, and someone realizes, like, hey, like this- they walk through a room and they're like, wait a second, that closet should. Huh. And then they're like knocking on the walls, and then you find like a secret passage. This I is love exactly shit like what that. Jack does, this is Jack, literally what's happening right now. Jack digs in, digs in the back of the closet, finds a. Switch. Dana thinks he's insane and leaves. This is important. Dana does not see this. Yeah. Dana is no not aware of what is happening or about to happen. She has no idea he even finds anything. She's like, "Fuck this." We're going to apologize to Tim when he gets home. I'm going to go make lasagna, which is his favorite thing, so that he maybe forgives us. I'm going downstairs. We're being insane. Also, um, note to Batman fanfic writers, Tim's favorite food is explicitly lasagna. Enough with the coffee. The coffee does come from canon sometimes. Like, that does happen. He, He... Everybody drinks coffee. Like, it's not... 
Whatever. It's. I think they specifically get it from like there are a bunch of arcs of Robin, which like what I mentioned earlier in this episode of like they really go for the like he is a full time student and he's doing he's this double life and he do. barely gets any sleep. He falls asleep on a roller coaster. I knew a uh, guy in high school who would just like my buddy Nick in high school would drink like three monsters a day. I wouldn't define Nick at twenty two as still yes hooked on monsters. <laughs> yeah, I went. I one time when I was a senior in high school, I averaged five to seven cups. No, at five cups of coffee a day was like my average when I was going through like the intense part of like high school robotics. Right. And I lived an hour away from school and like had to stay at the school until like ten p.m. every single weeknight to build a fucking robot. Um. Yeah. Now, if I drink more than one cup of coffee, I feel like my heart's going to explode. People change. <laughs> Like, like I was when I was uh, hell when I was Tim's age. I drank coffee every day, every day. Yes, teenagers uh, are invincible. Because when you're 16, you are you are as close to godhood as you'll ever get. If you are a teen, once again to the Gen Zs listening to this, if any Gen Zs are listening Gen Z, to this, Gen I Alpha need you all to know: appreciate your body now. Brother, you I'm can washed. do whatever the fuck you want, and you bounce back. Uh, it's a miracle. When you, you won't have it forever. High schoolers are weeble wobbles. Uh, <laughs> weeble wobbles, my they students, don't fall down. My students tell me sometimes, they're just like, yeah, I got like five hours of sleep last night, but I chugged some coffee this morning and feeling good. And I'm just like, are, uh, Gabby? Gabby, are you okay? I work Gabby, in my, sleep, please. I work in my living room. Uh, if I get less than seven hours of sleep, I'm rolling over bleary-eyed going, uh, Yeah. Yeah, that's I don't me. go anywhere. I don't do anything. I li I work at home. I don't. But when I was sixteen, God, when I was sixteen, I could stay up till three o'clock in the morning doing nothing. Not, Every night, not doing, not doing nothing. Playing. Okay, for the record was doing stuff and when i say doing stuff i mean i was reading every single robin comic that existed uh and that is why i stayed up really late i read a shit do you know the reason i love comics so much and i know so many comics is simply because as a teenager i just didn't sleep because i had like mild insomnia and i just was like nope we're reading comic books instead and that's how i just like blazed through series that had hundreds of issues uh which that, is also kind of why that, I probably don't remember this arc that much, is because I, I probably the, read it at two in the morning. I did the same thing, but I did it like three years after you did it. Like the summer yeah. after my senior year of high school, I just stayed up all night, every night reading comics. Yeah, that's um, still in the magical teenager age. Right, but when I was in high school, I would go to like, me and my friend went to like the midnight release of Gears of War 3, just to do it. We didn't even play the game when we got home. We got, <laughs> we got home and just went to bed, but we did it just to do it. I yeah. used to, I once, there was one night where I was a freshman in high school, so I was 14. We stayed up until 6 o'clock in the morning. Uh, this was going into a Sunday. Oh, God. Slept, slept until maybe 10 a.m., maybe 11. We're back, back right up at it. Got right back to school the next day like it was nothing. I used to go to, I, I used to do band camp every year. If I did a day of marching band at 28 with my knees, with my back, I would literally die. Uh, this show would be over. Uh, this is why Olympians are frequently under the age of 30. <laughs> that's why 
think of this way. LeBron James. How does he still do it? LeBron James is going into his 19th NBA season. LeBron James is 37 years old. He is considered in the world of basketball an old man. Yes. He is not even 40. He has teenage children. Yeah. And also a giant house near Akron, Ohio. Uh, It was like a big hullabaloo when he built it because it's huge. I grew up in Cleveland. I should mention that. So uh, I, I, my dad had half season tickets to the Cleveland Cavaliers 2007 season. That's pretty cool. A great year. A great year to have half season tickets up in the nosebleed. They called it Loudville Mm -hmm. as like a marketing thing. Um, And that was cool as shit. Not going to lie. That was that was true. Like this is your uh, required basketball diatribe that comes with your comic book podcast uh, be grateful that this is Jesse and not Will because this bit would go on a lot longer <laughs> yeah that's all I have to say I want to be very clear yeah. uh, I have no I, I have no more information than that like I went to a couple of games in 2007 and they were really good and it was nice to be in Cleveland and have a winning team so yes. uh, uh, that's all I got shout out to your guardians this year that's all I'll say about the state of the American League Central Division. Oh boy, we can't. We can't. I am going to. I am going to tell the IRS that Tony Larusa cheats on his taxes. At least we can always rely on the Cleveland Browns to be bad. Oh, bad in some the way. One, the one form. consistent thing oh, in the world. We're paying $320 million guaranteed dollars to a guy who has 26 pendences to the salt cases. What? It's, um... Bad. It's bad. It's bad. They're always bad. They make bad decisions. Say, all this to say, when you are a teenager, you are invincible, as long as you have, like, a little bit of caffeine in you. Which is why Tim drinks coffee. Because, like, teenagers do that. Yep. He, uh, <laughs> it's not like a defining personality trait of his. He likes other things, like lasagna. Anyway, Johnny Warlock is hiring the Scarab to kill Robin. Uh, I'm pretty it. sure this is the first time we've ever met the Scarab in, like, any comic. I think this is her first appearance. It's a very cool look. She's uh, cool as shit. Uh, and so Tim and Stephanie are talking, and he says... I thought being Robin would be the greatest thing I could ever imagine doing, and it is or it was until it turned deadly and terrible. Funny thing is, I was so busy fighting crime and learning the superhero business, I didn't notice how good my civilian life has become. I'm doing well in school, and somehow I've become popular there. Everybody likes me. I don't know how that happened. I've made some true good friends. I'm in love with a lovely girl who seems to love me back for whatever reasons I can't imagine. It's me, right? I better be the lovely girl in question, or there's going to be two of us out here with broken legs. Yes, Steffi, it's you. He has never called Goody. her Steffi before. <laughs> He's never Goody. called her them. <laughs> she literally says, Goody, you may proceed. And I'm but here. I still love the threat of, like, where there's going to be two people out here with broken legs. Stephanie, you cannot stand up on your own. How? <laughs> she what? will do it. How, she what? will find a way. What is she has crutches. Yeah. She has crutches. I'm, she could whack him from afar. Uh, I'm even getting along with my folks. Dad is trying to spend more time with me, and I no longer think of Dana as just Dad's wife. Sure, she's not my mom, but at some point I started thinking of her as a real part of a real family. You see what I'm getting at? I could have a normal life. 
right now, I could choose to be a normal kid. She's, is that what you, is that what you want? I don't know, but I didn't think so before, but now... Okay, that, that was a nice speech. Is it my turn to talk now? Uh, sure, I guess so. Then here goes, hold on, I need to be standing for this. And then she walks over, she crutches over, and she grabs him by the cheek, like a, like a great aunt who's, like, pinching your cheek. And then she says the following words. Dear Tim, snap out of it, you giant huge dummy. Huh? Do you, do you know why I sit at home day after day, unable to go anywhere or do anything, bored out of my noggin? Because I'm alive. Which I wouldn't be if you hadn't been there to save me on that terrible day. And do you know how many other lives you've saved? No. Neither do I. And thank God we'll never know because we were there. You were there to stop him. But I'll bet it's hundreds at least. You have this wonderful gift to be able to do things. Not one in a billion has the skills and courage and the temperament to do. And then you found the one man on earth capable of coaxing the most out of your gift. And because of that miraculous confluence of chance and decision, I get to continue waking up every morning with an infuriating itch in my leg that I can't scratch for another month. So here are your marching orders, my dearest dove. Wipe your eyes, blow your nose, grow up, and then get yourself back to the Batcave and beg Batman not to kick you out on your all-too-attractive fanny. Go! Vamos! Move out! I can get home on my own. I love that speech. I love that speech so much. I love Because it accomplishes in one speech... What Batman could not do for three months. Oh, your favorite detail about her mentioning that there's an itch that she cannot scratch for another month? <laughs> no, my favorite detail is that they have just sat down at this coffee shop. She gets oh, yeah. up and storms off, and the server is walking over. It's like, what the fuck? Like, to take their order, and she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> also, the server has Gwen Stacy hair. Yeah, she does. Also, Tim knocks over a chair as he's, like, running after Steph. So the server's like, what? What's going on? Wow, she's on crutches. How do you have to run this fast? Because somebody's fucking moving. No, actually, no. I can tell you how that happens. First semester, freshman year of college, I broke my right ankle in the first three to four weeks. Um, And I was on crutches. And let me tell you, if you get good at it, you can go so much faster on crutches than you think you can. Because if you just, like, get your body into, like, a pendulum swing and you just, like, keep the momentum going, they're longer than your legs are. So if you plant, because, like, if you look at where, well, hers are a little bit shorter than, like, the ones that fully go up to your armpits. But, like, they are, if you reach forward with, like, your full length of the crutches and you're, like, moving, you can book it. You just got to be, like... You just gotta not be on wet tile, and you're solid. Um, also, really quick, crutching around gives you amazing back muscles. You will be in so much pain when you first start doing it, but then you will be ripped. But then the cast will come off of your leg, and you will discover that you actually had the exact same muscle mass on your whole body. It just moved. Yeah. It's no longer in your leg, and it is now all in your back. And then it will move back. But I just, I love that speech, because Steph... Is kind about it too. She's not like, you've been depressed and therefore you can't be Robin. She's literally like, my dude, you're good. You, at this. you're fucking good at this. What are you talking about? You saved my life. Like, you saved so many people. You saved you so are- many. You're, you need to be doing this. 
snap out of it, grow up, and go do what you're meant to do. And that is so much more effective than Batman's little, like, you've been mopey lately. Maybe you shouldn't be doing this anymore. Like, I love it. I truly do. I love Steph. Yes, yeah, Steph. Also, Steph is, I think in this moment, based on like what happens a couple issues from now, also a little, I don't necessarily want to say jealous in a way of like holding it over him, but I have had, for example, in my very first job, I used to used to work at Amazon. Don't work at Amazon, kids. Um, I used to work at Amazon and I had this situation in which like I had a very similar start to my career as a software engineer as one of my male friends who I made that friend through work. Um, he had been working there for like six to eight months longer than me, but not much. We were the same age, same graduating class. I just started a little bit later. And he basically had the career that I thought that I should have had. And it wasn't his fault. It was management's because it was truly like, I was not being given the same opportunities to prove myself that he was. Right. Opportunities were being thrown at his feet every single day and he was knocking them out of the park. And I knew that if I got even one of those, I could knock it out of the park too, but I was never given the chance. And I see, I relate to Stephanie Brown so much because of that kind of a situation. This is right. her looking him in the face and being like, not only are you good at this, you're getting but the opportunity. Batman accepted you. And he doesn't accept me. And this is the opportunity yeah. that I wish I had and I don't get. And you're willing to throw it away because you're a little mopey. How fucking dare you? Get off your ass and go do some like, good. You hate because that, that you did this thing. You hate that what happened with Johnny. But if you hadn't done what you did with Johnny, I would not be standing here to talk to you about it. Yeah. So, look at the good that came of it. I, I know that it's like a traumatic thing, but ultimately, I'm still here because of it, and I'm glad you did it. This is also, I think, right after an arc in which they think that they killed the Clue Master? Uh, you know how often that guy is maybe dead, maybe not. They Every think that, other time the Clue Master is mentioned, someone's like, "Oh, he died in prison," and then the other half of the times, Steph like, is no, just like, oh, oh, "I just I, got off the phone with the Clue Master." Like, fucking the Clue Master. Like, there's a thing where like he falls on like a roof or something. Like, it, the implication is that he died, and he he's fighting Steph, and he gives her a black eye. Tim and Stephanie go out to lunch, and the um the the waitress goes i hope the guy who did that to her face is in jail and tim goes oh well he's dead so and she goes good kid your burger's on me <laughs> he goes wait no i didn't i think that's issue like now that, you, or something. now that you say that i remember that and uh that was fucking dope it's, great. it's literally just like yeah but anyway i just i love that steph speech yeah uh, Jack, on the other hand, is having a very bad day. Jack has found Tim's uh, costume and his his diaries uh, and all his gear that is hidden in this false back in his closet. Uh, which I really quick, I I want you to notice the two things in the drawer closest, which is a book titled "The Lord of the Wings" and <laughs> a tape player by the brand Sorny. <laughs> Sorry, there were just two details that I looked at. And I was like, oh my god. 20, that's good. But so, 
Jack. He, uh, Jack is like on the ground in distress, holding. Yes. He and he Tim, finds the quote unquote war journals. Yes, yeah, Tim. Oh, my boy. What have you done? And so he leaves. He tells Dana, I, I got some errands to run. I got, I'll pick up Tim on the way back and bring him home for dinner. She says, in a long ta- talk afterwards? Yeah. Pick, pick up some ice cream on your way home. Let Tim pick the flavor. Okay, sure. Sounds good. And Jack gets in his car and he drives to Wayne Manor talks to Alfred. And Alfred's like, Mr. Drake? What the fuck are you doing here? He's like, uh, yeah, um, you know, we used to be neighbors. Can I come in? He's like, yeah, uh, come in, sir. I come to see Bruce. Is he home? I'm afraid not, sir. And he's likely to be rather out rather late into the in- evening. Out busting kneecaps, or is he down in the secret Batman lair? Excuse me, sir? Tim this man is such a Republican. I just need to... Just, everything Jack Drake is about to say about Batman is true like you have watched a bunch of Fox News. <laughs> Big fan of Tucker Carlson. Mm. If this was if this story was written today, Jack Drake would absolutely call Batman a groomer. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. yeah, he literally he literally says like you use your psychic powers of seduction and manipulation to convince my son to come with you. If this if this was written in 2022, he'd be like you fuck you're a fucking groomer. He says, I've read my son's diaries, he, his war journals, he calls them. I know that he's in what he's involved in here, and I also know you're up to your neck in it. So please, quit wasting both our time, or I swear I'm going to lose it. I'm here to get my son. But before I do that, your boss and I should have a private talk. So call Bruce or Batman or whatever you call him. If he's in your cave, tell him to come up here. If he's really out, tell him to come home pronto. And so Alfred gets on the phone. Tells Bruce to come home. Bruce comes in. He says, "Jack Drake." Wearing a suit. He's Bruce Wayne. This is this is a fucking Batman the Animated Series suit. Um, you know that how he oh, wears yeah. the same suit in every episode of the animated series where he has to wear one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it, you change the color on it, and it's this. Yeah. Jack Drake, how are you? Alfred tells me there's some confusion. Confusion? No, there's no confusion, Bruce. At least not on my part. You should get some help, though. Excuse me. No, Bruce, I don't think I will excuse you. I don't think I'll ever excuse you for what you've done. I may sue you or beat the hell out of you or worse, but certainly no. I certainly won't excuse you. He unzips his jacket, reaches down in the front of his pants, and grabs his gun. gun. He says, where's Tim? Is he down in the Batcave right now practicing his lock picking or his rope climbing on how to beat a confession out of a suspect? Jack, I think I, I think I need you to settle down a little bit. Is that what you think? Fine. Now you want to know what I think? I think you better return my son to me. Give him back, you monster! And points a fucking gun at Bruce. Literally, like, t- the muzzle of the gun is pushed into Bruce's cheek. Like, in there. And, um, it... Oh, Jack. Oh, Jack. Oh, Jack. Also, I, I implied this earlier, but I will mention it. Now, um, Jack loses this gun. Yes. Soon. And he does not get this gun back ever again. Yeah. But the day that Jack Drake dies, which will be less than a year after this happens, because this is uh, June of 2005. Identity Crisis and War Games were coming out at the same time. So, technically, in the same, like, one to two months is when like 
Tim loses Steph and his dad. Yeah. Um, is, the or, the order is not. There is no true like canon order no of one whether. Knows what order. <laughs> no one knows which one happened first. They just happened. They happened at the same time. Right. Uh, but when Jack Drake goes, uh, it's because the identity crisis is a whole different thing. We won't get into that. But um, someone has put a hit out on Jack Drake because they know who Robin is and they are trying to kill close family members and people that they care like heroes care about and. So they hired Captain Boomerang to go after Jack Drake and someone, the, the mysterious killer, uh, sends, mails Jack Drake a gun Which... along with a note with the Robin style R that says protect yourself. And the R for protect, it looks like the Robin R. It says protect yourself with the Robin style gun. Robin is out with Batman. They get, they hear about all this stuff that's going on. They turn around, they start zooming back. Uh, and Captain Boomerang breaks into the house, throws a boomerang at Jack Drake, pop, pop, pop. They kill each other simultaneously. Tim sprints into the house, ripping his Robin costume off as he's going so he doesn't expose a secret identity because they don't know who's in the house. Finds his dead father and just like has to live with that yeah. for the rest of his life. Anyway, just to throw out there what happens to dear old dad. Yeah. Like a year after this issue comes out, this is Jack Drake is not long for this world. Uh, and so issue 125, uh, the cover for this is... The last issue. Robin trying to hold back Nightwing and Batman. It looks more like he's trying to... Well, he actually is. He, he is holding them back. Never mind. And a yeah. gun and a cloaked figure is pointing a gun at them. Yeah. Mysterious shadowed figure. This and it is says, is this the end of Robin? Question mark. Yeah. Says, Bruce says, Jack, you don't want to do this. Think so? Then you don't know much, Bruce. At this moment, it's taking every atom of self-control I have to take from pull, to keep from pulling this trigger because it's what I want to do most of all. I've never killed a man, but... And Bruce says, then let me help you with your dilemma. Keep you from making a terrible mistake. And does the same thing that Tim has done to like three yes. different guys in this book. Multiple times. He says, then let go. The pain stops when you let go. And takes the gun from him. He says, take the gun, but don't think that means you've won. He says, now, can we talk this over calmly? Like, they don't touch me, you sick creature! I don't know he says, I don't know what kind of weird control you've got over my son, but it's not as absolute as you might hope. This, this is when he would be calling him a groomer. <laughs> he says, he's good. I see that too, Jack, which is why. He says, so you might be able to fool him for now, but you can't corrupt his bedrock center. And when you kill me to keep me from revealing all your dirty little secrets, that's when I finally win, because that's when you lose Tim forever. Jack, you're being overly dramatic. No one's getting killed tonight or harmed in any way. You will find me as receptive to your mind control powers. See, he keeps saying, <laughs> you, Batman, have mind control powers. Listen, this is not Charles Xavier. This is not Professor X. I'm going to the cops and the newspapers and everyone else. I'm going to expose you to the world. If that's what you decide to do, I won't try to stop you. But I hope you'll give, give me just a minute or two to explain why that would be a terrible course of action. Really quick, this panel of Bruce sitting down with specifically his legs crossed like that and his hand out is like the gayest. <laughs> 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 it's 
it's just so like <laughs> well so, like so it, it's so it's so it's so fruity it's it, he's got his wrist turned back <laughs> it's, like it's truly sinister it absolutely looks like minute mr sinister <laughs> Anyway, just, just throwing that out there. Um, and now Tim has to have a little inner monologue about how good his life is. Uh, and this is the last time he will have such an inner monologue about how good his life is. Um, Until this issue comes is called down. In the Shadow of Two Fathers, which is very cool. Incredible. And we have a third artist, I think. No, same artist. Oh, sorry. Same artist as the previous issue. Yes, Never mind. Francisco Rodriguez de la Fuente. No, wh- no which is the third artist, because the middle one had a different one. I thought. No, I think it's it's just the two. I'll check. I'll, I'll check. It's fine. Okay. Um, and so Tim says, for the first time, I actually feel like Robin. Or not just Robin number three or Robin in training, or maybe someday you'll live up to the standards of those who've come before. I finally feel like Batman's full partner. He has been Batman's full partner for 15 real life years. Yep. <laughs> yep. Be, be careful out there. He's been, he's been Batman's full partner for like... Almost five times longer than Jason. He oh became, no, four, f- four, three to four. I forgot about pre-crisis. Yeah, he became Robin in 1989. His career as Robin is older than both of us. Yes. By a lot. By, by well, not by that much. Like five years. Yeah, five or six years is a lot. <laughs> Okay, fine. In comic book, okay, fine. Dick Grayson was Robin from the forties. Dick Grayson was Robin through for, for literally forty years. Literally forty years. Okay, fine. He was Robin for literally forty years. But like, uh, Tim is the second longest tenured Robin. Yes, Tim is going on because he's ro- just Robin again now. He's yeah. going on almost th- uh, for, for over twenty five years, which is great. Yeah, uh, good for him. You know, he's like, uh, hey, you know. He's oh, like, he also says, like, I feel like a great weight's been lifted off of me because Steph yelled at him. Yeah. Hmm. In a supportive way. Supportive yelling. Try to unpack that later, Drake. Well, <laughs> uh, he, he literally says, Stephanie's verbal boot to my figurative hiney was like a cold splash of water to my face. Okay, that's about six different metaphors horribly mixed, but considering the occasion, I think I can be forgiven some bad grammar. Uh, uh, Tim says, hey, on the way here, I took a side trip down Segretti Street with this guy in a purple mask and gold lame. It says lame tights. It does not say lame. Yeah, yeah, gold lame. Yeah, okay, that makes more sense. Gold It's it's a type of fabric, yeah. Uh, jumps out at me. He was brandishing an electric iron of all things. And what do you suppose he called himself? He says, Tim. The presser! Can you believe it? I was laughing so hard he nearly clobbered me. Lucky for me, he was so intent on giving the backstory of his name and the motivation, I was able to disarm and cuff him with little resistance. Really was, quick, I just need to point out that that is maybe the gayest supervillain get up. And not just the presser, but he's a guy in a purple mask and gold lame tights. Talking like with an iron saying that he's the presser that just that just screams like gay man in fashion school. Like he's, he was absolutely at him. Absolutely <laughs> yes, <laughs> I listen, quick question. Which of the standard canon Batman villains do you think is the best at voguing? 
I think it's either Harley or Ivy. It's got to be Harley. I think it's Harley. I think it's Harley. I think she's really good at it. (laughs) She's probably really good at it. Anyway. Deep cut pull. Uh, I'm going to say Amanda Waller. (laughs) Amanda Waller (laughs) is cutting up. You turn on some Shaka Khan around Amanda Waller. I'm picturing I'm I'm picturing Amanda Waller in one of the balls from Pose, and I'm losing my entire mind. I cannot comprehend what my brain is doing with that information. Amanda Waller, the wall. Oh yeah, like big. Yes, big Amanda Waller. Yes, she's got to be. Oh my god. Tim right. just talks at Bruce while Bruce sits there. Bruce has this look on his face like he has seen death. Yeah, and Tim's having a great time. And he's like flipping his cape off and throwing it on a chair. And he's like, I had a great time beating up the presser. He's like, hey, Bruce, why the long face? I'm not still obsessed over Johnny Warren. That's over if he's dead. I realize that's not on me. He says, I'm just wondering if there's some kind of underworld grapevine we haven't tapped into. He says, Tim. He's trying to make a connection between the irons. That's what he's talking about. It's because of the presser and because Johnny Warren used the fucking iron. He's like, I wonder if there's like a trend going on. You know what this reads as? This reads as an autistic kid who has a hyperfixation about whether or not the irons are connected. Coincidence? I think not. Tim, Tim is just talking. Also, Tim's hair is brown in this one panel and it's very weird. Okay, oh, this is pick. my point where I mention like the coloring of Tim and Jack Drake gets mixed up every other page for the rest of this issue, and it will become very confusing. Nice. That is the exact same color as Jack's hair. Yes. And later, Jack's shirt will be colored with like the Robin costume colors, and his hair will be colored black, and it will look, but it's but it's definitely Jack, Jack. based on context clues. Like it's going to be hard to untangle. Yeah. It- Bruce says, Tim, will you quit babbling and listen for a second? So sorry, boss man. What's up? Your father is here. Oh, no. Find your real clothes and get out of that ridiculous play suit, son. I'm taking you home. Uh, Scarab is talking to, uh, to... Really quick, before we move on. Scarab, call me. (laughs) Continue. You can fix her. I could make her worse. <laughs> You'd let her make you worse. Oh, she would make me worse. Absolutely. But I mean, like, maybe we could be a power couple and, like, uh, run an assassination empire. Uh, you know, just, just you really... decide to, to, to leave the podcast to explore the greener pastures of opening <laughs> up a sapphic mercenary company. Um, we wish you the best in your future endeavors. <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate it. Um, anyway, Scarab's talking to Jenny Warlock, yeah. who has hired her to kill Robin. And uh, she's like, hey, you know, nobody's seen Robin in like three months, man. If you got assets in the city, you should put them to work. He says, what? And the demon goes, what did she say? Why hasn't she had forgotten? She is, she will, but she's got to make pre- preparations first. Or she's as scared of the little brat as you are. I'm not scared of him. Or anyone. Oh, yeah? Then why aren't we on the way back to deal with him ourselves? You've got all this power now. Well, he's just a baby in a silly suit. But I'm still learning how to use my power. And it doesn't matter who actually kills the bad boy as long as I'm the cause of it. You can't fool me, kiddo. 
I didn't just absorb your mom's life energies when, when you fed her to me. Got her memories, too. I know you wet your bed until you were 12. I even know your little sister beat you up once. And your loving mommy always suspected she had, that you had something to do with her disappearance. He says, shut up, shut up, shut up! Oof. He says, hurry up, Tim. Dana's got holding dinner for us at home. No, Dad, I'm not going. Excuse me, Tim? And Alfred's like, Tim, I don't think it's now's the time. And This yeah, is when it's colored yes, wrong. Jack, yeah. Jack Drake is the one yelling at Alfred. However, based on the coloring, it looks like it is Tim. It's very weird. It's not he, Tim. He says, this is between me and my son. He says, which means I have some say in this, right? You know, it's too bad you find out this way because you're so freaked out about it. I'm sorry, Dad, and, it, and that's my fault. I would like to note, this is not Tim's fault. This is no! This is Bruce's fault, if it's anybody's. It's Jack's for digging through his stuff. But Tim, yeah. it is a recurring thing through the early years of Tim's career that he there are people he wants to tell about what's going on. He, he wanted to tell his dad so bad. He wanted to tell his dad. Uh, he wanted to tell Connor and Cassie and Bart way earlier than he told them. He wanted to tell Stephanie, and he never got to. Bruce told her. And this is all because Tim wants to make sure he keeps Bruce's secret. Bruce has said to him, oh, yeah. You have to keep this secret. And yeah. so Tim cannot risk telling anybody who he is without telling everybody who Bruce is, without telling everybody who Dick is. And so he just yeah. doesn't tell anybody. And so in a way, this is, and that's kind of why Bruce is just letting it happen because Bruce knows. Yeah. Tim would have told his dad years ago if I hadn't <laughs> sworn him to secrecy. Yeah. Which is why, really quick gripe about the most recent Young Justice comic by Brian Michael Bendis. I there's this there's a couple different times over the course of the comic, and like I wanted to like it so bad because the art is great. The art is great, and yeah. it's and Connor's back, and it's all my little it's all my kids, and they're and they, they hug each other, and it's great. Oh, he's wearing a leather jacket. It's great, and he's got stubble. It's incredible. Um, and I wanted to love it, but there were so many scenes in which Tim. People would call Tim, like, Tim in a fight, and he wouldn't scream at them about it, and he wouldn't correct them, and he wouldn't yell, like, code names and stuff like that. And also, there were so many scenes in which he would be, like, nearby civilians. Like, civilians would be in wreckage 10 feet away, and he'd be talking oh, to exact, other superheroes. I know exactly what issue you're talking And he about. would literally say, like, oh, yeah, there's, like, a food truck, and there's a crater next to the food truck. Yes. And he's, like, talking. And there's a girl who I works in the fucking issue. food truck who's... I, I have all of them. But he's yeah. passing out water, and she's, like, two feet away from Tim because she just handed him a water, and she leaves. And he's in the Robin getup, and he's talking to someone, and he's just like, yeah, something, something, Bruce. And I literally put the comic down for like a minute to breathe to just be like no Dude, no he would that, call him if he, that, he would no. call him batman or he would call him the boss or something like that yeah he would never say the name of another person with a secret identity in the presence of a civilian or in the presence of a superhero who didn't already know no. it yes um and I just, it bums me out when newer stuff doesn't take, because it was so, and I, I'm trying not to be like pedantic about it, because I don't want to be one of those people where it's like, oh, it's not 100% how I would write the character, so it's garbage. Right. That's not it, but like. This is like one this, internal consistent piece of characterization. That this is issue 125 
of the Robin comic. This has been a through line for 125. That would be like if you were writing a comic with Spider-Man who casually introduced himself to anyone who he wanted to talk to as like, hi, my name's Peter Parker. Like, yeah, if he was saying, yeah, yeah, my aunt May, and it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. No. My aunt May Parker lives in Queens. Like, no. Yeah. Bitch, if he was just like saying that in the presence of like random X-Men that he didn't know. No, that's, so that's why I get so annoyed about that one. Right, he'd say it in front of Logan. Yeah. You'd say yeah, but not like Logan and Luke Cage and Iron Fist and Jeff. Yeah. And, but not like Kat. but not like uh Laura Kenny Wolverine. Not like <laughs> He doesn't know who she is. You wouldn't, She's say scary. Of, you wouldn't say it in front of Cannonball. No, he's I also like if he's in the presence of Laura Kenny Wolverine, his spidey sense is going off so constantly he's probably getting a migraine. He's like, "This bitch is dangerous. I can't be here." Yeah. Uh, but, but anyway, like my point is, this is such like a fundamental part of Tim's character is that he doesn't tell people secret identities. Right. Uh, except for Stephanie's, he is constantly early on calling Stephanie by her first name. Yeah, he does do that. He does. <laughs> and it's like, he does do that. she is the only person he does that to. And she's like, would you stop fucking saying my name? You don't do it to Green Arrow. And he's like, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Um, uh, anyway, so Tim is still basically yelling at his dad and being yeah. like, oh, he also clarifies. He's like, Bruce didn't brainwash me or recruit me. I volunteered. And he says, you're he a did. child. He says, so? Grandpa Charles snuck off during World War II to join up, and he lied about his age to get in. Remember how proud you are every time you told me that story? Wounded twice, won the Silver Star for Conspicuous Valor at Iwo Jima. You tried out his medals on my birthdays and every Christmas. That's a good argument, by the way. He mentioned that his grandpa was 15. Yeah. Like, that. you know what? That's actually a very solid argument here. And he says, nowadays, even a spanking is considered child... Nowadays, even a spanking is considered child abuse. Really quick, first Jack said, that was a different time back then. And Boom, boom, different era. He says, well, glad to know that's no longer a possibility, because I could break your fucking arm, old man. He literally says, I could break your arm in a hundred places before you could lay a hand on me. And Bruce sidles up between the two, facing Tim, and it was like, Tim, that was uncalled for. And Tim was like, you know what? Actually, my humor needs a little bit of work. Sorry about that. That's on me. And he says, why did you do it, Wayne? Why did you drag my boy into this madness? And Bruce says, because I'm not a mortal. And the work needs to go on long after I'm gone. Which is something that Tim told him. Yes. Like, not in those words. He says, like, look, you need a partner because you're going to get hurt. Also, he's like, you need a partner because when you don't have a partner, you're an unhinged psychopath who throws themselves into danger and you keep breaking your ribs every night. And it's like very bad for your health. But if you have someone you care about that's in the field with you, then you act like a normal fucking human being. Yeah. Uh, And so Jack says, so is your replacement when you retire or more likely get killed? One of the candidates. Oh yeah, sucking a good in a good should, supply. Should not be a candidate. He should not be Batman. It's a bad time when Tim is Batman. Tim does not want to be Batman. Batman doesn't know this, but Tim does not want to be Batman. Uh, uh, this is not yet at the. I don't think we've gotten to the future Teen Titans arc yet. 
Yeah, but but even before that, um, in there's an arc in Young Justice, the campfire issue. He says, oh yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. He says to uh, to everyone, I don't see myself becoming Batman. I'll probably like retire when I like go to college. Yeah. Uh, God, I love this kid. Is, uh, Jack makes the creepiest faces. Oh yeah, sucking in Horrifying. a good supply, are you? In case a bunch a bunch of them get wiped out by one of the maniacs you fight. I'm not oh, Jack has no idea how mean what he just said was. Right. I'm not prepared to discuss operational details. Lovely. I guess I should be thankful there's some things you won't do. I don't think sarcasm is going to be able to help here, Dad. They both don't then they both yell at him. <laughs> and he's just like, uh, fuck, okay. Uh, meanwhile, Darla and her dad are at a restaurant. Being stereotype Italians. It. <laughs> For Darla's 16th birthday. Every fucking Italian mob stereotype that you can picture. They literally walk in. The dude's name is what? Like Gino? Yeah. The, the dude who owns the place is named Gino. Gino knows them. Gino's like, here's the best table in the house. No menu for you. We'll whip up something special on the house. And Darla's like, why does everyone treat you so well, Dad? Are you with the mob? And he's like, we don't use the M word. Yeah, he says, uh, he says. He says, well, what's, that supposed to, what's that supposed to mean? What are you getting at, sweetie? He said, well, everyone likes me at school, but no boys ever ask me out. Ah, good, you're still much too young to date. That's not the point, Dad. My friend Bernard says they're afraid to ask me out because of who you are. I ride to school in a limo with armed guards, but you're just a minor union representative. Minor. What a way to say, mob boss. <laughs> minor union representative. Jeez, you know what? Can we... Can we in the real world get some strong ass unions like they apparently have in Gotham? Gotham got some strong ass unions. You got great benefits. We need some of that energy here. He said, Minor, baby, I keep the workers and the construction bosses talking to each other, smooth over all problems. I keep America working. He says, Fine, but why would that make kids at school afraid of me? How should I know? There's this boy at school that I like, and. I think he likes me. This big mouth Bernard fella? God, no! <laughs> she wretches. She sticks her tongue and she's like, <laughs> She also does this with her hand, which <laughs> she's supposed to be it, like, ew. But also, yeah, it's she's just supposed like, to be like, she's supposed to be shaking her hand side to side, like like she's making the cutting motion across her right. throat. But if not, but in a single frame, it looks like the, it looks like the, like your wrist, like, is he a little, you know. I love, I love this panel of Darla talking about Tim. This his oh name? my god, she she's looking up into the sky. She looks so sweet, and Tim's like in her mind's eye. It's adorable. His name's Tim Drake. One second, let me, let me readjust so I can read this properly. His name's Tim Drake. He's wonderful, but he won't ask me out no matter how many hints I drop. No, Maybe he's too respectful or he's already got a girlfriend. And then there's this the cloud like poofs and there's a little broken heart above her head. And she says, he, he keeps he's, saying he does. A girl named Stephanie, but no one's ever seen her. I think he made her up as an excuse not to date me. I love that everyone thinks that Steph is fake. Everyone thinks that Stephanie is Tim's fake Canadian girlfriend. because this is a solvable problem. He could just, she just goes to a different school. She literally She's, goes to a different school. This is this is not like I know social media didn't exist, but also like go to a photo booth, take some fucking pictures together, how, how put them in your wallet. When people ask pictures? about this mysterious Stephanie, whip them out. YouTube Be like, look, here's here. me and this girl m- kissing. 
you, we, you've been dating for over a year. You have no pictures together? Yeah, like, this is not a secret identity thing. Your parents know who Stephanie is. Stephanie's mom knows who you are. Just bring Steph to hang out with Bernard. Why can't, why is Let it Bernard that the Steph. first time that Stephanie meets Bernard is in the year of our Lord, 2022? The, uh, he says, I think, I think he's afraid to because he, because of you. He says, well, dad, are you with the mom? Just, Whoa, we don't use that word around here. Um, this is what I mean about, so I was going to bring up Ariana. And I'm gonna keep it brief because we're running long here. We broke the re we broke our streak. It, it was it, we knew that we were gonna have to go into this. Yes, this is, um, we were aware. Stephanie, so the way that Stephanie is juxtaposed against Ariana is exactly how Darla is juxtaposed against Stephanie. Yeah. Stephanie does not know that Ariana doesn't believe that Ariana is real. She thinks that Tim is making an excuse to not go out with her to hide his yep. identity. Yeah. Um, the Tim and Ar or Ariana and Stephanie never meet, and I think the yep. last time we see Ariana, Tim just happens to run into her, and then she's never seen again. Um, yeah. But Tim is dating Ariana up until he's dating Stephanie. Stephanie is like head over heels for Tim. Like, yeah. Like, and it's funny because she's not immediately, but after like the second time, she immediately meet, hits him in the face with a brick. She hits him in the face with a brick. Um, <laughs> after the second time they meet, she's like into him and it doesn't yeah help she's that like oh fuck this scrawny nerd what oh fuck it doesn't help that uh stephanie saves him from being buried under cement and the first thing tim does as like a oh my god i survived is kiss stephanie and then go oh man i really shouldn't have done that yep and then she's like oh, poor girl she... got mixed signals yeah she's like oh so you do like me he's like it's not uh, i thought i was gonna die it's the whole thing um i gotta go <laughs> And so they play along for 40 issues before, you know, either of them does anything. It's a good will they, won't they? It's They've got good they. tension. It's a very Batman Catwoman thing. And especially because Tim is depicted as being genuinely in love with Ariana. Yeah. Um, Ariana eventually beats him to breaking up with her. Like, he goes to break up with her and she's like, Tim, I feel like our relationship is moving too fast. And we're too young to get too serious. Note, this is after a time in which Ariana... Uh, tries to pressure Tim into having sex with her. Which he doesn't. He does. By the <laughs> way, D Dana's hypothetical. Do you think Tim is still a virgin? Yeah, he is. And so here's the thing. <laughs> I don't think so. You froze. Do you say you do think so or I don't, don't think so? I do not think so. I think that eventually <laughs> Stephanie was like, hey. And he was like, hey. hey. <laughs> and it happened. Um, and the stars aligned, and yeah, Mercury yeah, was not in retrograde. Everything kind like, of lined up, and he and Stephanie. And like she went to Zatanna for like a good luck charm. <laughs> yeah. Like I think it happened, but I think Stephanie had to make the move first. Yeah. Um, because Tim wasn't agoraphobic monk in a one man monastery. Right. Because right. the issue with Tim and Ariana, Tim is Tim just goes over to Ariana's house thinking like, oh, we're gonna watch a movie, blah 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 blah. blah. She gets up in the middle of their conversation. She's like, I'll be right back. I got something for you. He goes, oh, okay. He's sitting there drinking a soda. And Ariana comes back into the room in like 
lingerie and he's like he he drops his soda he's like what ariana what are you doing she's like i think we should take things to the next level and he's like we are 14 uh i don't think that's a good idea he Um, yeah i think i'm with him on that one he says um he says you know that's like a door that we can't can't unwalk through so I just yeah. want to make sure it's right. Uh, I think we're too young to do that, which I agree. Um, yeah. Now note, he is sixteen. It's also it's 16. also Chuck Dixon. It's being also Chuck, Chuck Dixon. Dixon. Right. See, the <laughs> thing about Tim is Tim is Chuck Dixon in his attempts to make Tim seem as chaste as possible went all the way around and queer coded. <laughs> Yes, there is a common list. It's in the same thing of like every Rob Liefeld character is gay. Yes, yes, I do love. There's this running joke on the Cerebro podcast, which is that Rob Liefeld was cursed by a witch to only make gay characters. Um, seriously, um, but I mean, look, look at Shatterstar. Anyway, look at Cable. Look at Cable. Look at Shatterstar. Look. Okay, we're not. Can't do that right now. Yeah. Look at Deadpool. Um. <laughs> and anyway, it's it, but it's like the Bernard, like machismo thing right. of like yes. they were trying so hard to make him a ladies' man that it wrapped all the way around to like this is performative heteronormativity from a closeted gay man. Like, oh, it's so, it's so good. But I understand, though, the, um, I didn't even think about that with the parallel with Darla, that, like, doesn't think the other person exists, never, mm-hmm. like, Darla never sees Stephanie. Yes. Stephanie sees Darla mm-hmm. once. Mm-hmm. Once. Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll, we'll mention, the, actually, I'll mention it right now. We won't cover the issue, but after this, Stephanie becomes Robin, because, surprise, surprise, Tim's gonna quit in, like, five pages. Um... And right before Stephanie becomes Robin, like the thing that like really kicks it off for her is she starts patrolling during the day because Tim is no longer Robin. And Tim was the one who was warning her about what area of town Batman was going to be in and all the other people. And she doesn't want to run into them. So she's like, I'm going to patrol during the day so that I don't run into people who explicitly told me that they were going to do everything in their power to make sure I wasn't a superhero anymore. I was relying on Robin for resources and Robin quit. So I'm on my own. Fuck it. So she was patrolling during the day and she was like kind of near Tim's school. And she's like, he hasn't really been talking to me. He's kind of been avoiding me. My cast has been off for like six weeks and he hasn't really hung out with me. What kind of boyfriend does that? And she's curious and she goes over and she looks down at the front of the school and she sees that Darla has Finally, she can't hear what they're saying. She's got a spyglass. She's like looking at him. Darla has finally worked up the confidence to just go for it. She walks up to Tim. She's about to ask him out on a date. And she's like, oh, screw it. Grabs him by the collar, pulls him in for a big kiss. Steph sees this. And Steph is like, not just freaks out, but she's just like, you lying bastard. And then she leaves. And, and then she, she doesn't leaves. see that Tim kind of pushes Darla away. And then immediately pushes Darla away and is just like, I am in a committed relationship with someone else. And she's like, why do you keep lying to me? Why do you keep saying that? Anyway, and that was the final push that Steph needed to go be Robin herself. And listen, 
I love that setup. I truly love that setup because it wouldn't work if Tim wasn't also already being a bad boyfriend. Because he was. He is, if he yes. was being like the best boyfriend on the planet, it was a little bit of a misunderstanding. She wouldn't go like all the way to like Batman to try to get the job. But it's because like he had he'd spoken to her once in six weeks. And then she sees They're him kissing this girl. They're talking at the beginning of that issue. I just remember. Mm-hmm. They talk what? at the beginning. Tim and Steph talk at the beginning of the And it issue. is the first time he has seen her without a cast on. Okay. And she said that was six weeks ago. Yeah, okay, got it. I was like, uh-huh. I remember the panel. I bet the first month first third page is like there is. I remember is Stephanie kissing him. She says, "Come here." Um, yeah, here I have it up right now. Get it up right now. It's because she's like running on a track. I, it's it's very distinct because it's very distinct art. Yes, I was gonna say it's. I know this yeah. page. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Anyway, um, so yeah, Stephanie sees Darla, but um, Darla never sees. Darla, in her short, short life, will never get proof that Stephanie Brown ever existed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, speaking of Stephanie Brown, okually actually, we're going to we're gonna stay actually, on the right of Speaking of Darla, really quick, uh, the mob boss dad is being called by Johnny Warlock, and he's basically saying, like, we need to draw Robin out of hiding. Go cause mayhem. Cause mayhem. Stephanie uh, is exercising. And her mom's like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm th- Really quickly say, her mom gets such a glow up in the Batgirl comic for yes. what she looks like here. Yeah, she looks like, just like, they were just like, whatever, draw a mom. <laughs> yeah. She looks like generic mother. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's like, but also Crystal's look is really inconsistent because in the 90s, she's like. Inconsistent. She's like a rail thin, like. She's, well, she was on drugs at the time. Right, she's addicted to drugs. Uh, and then here she just looks like, they said, draw Stephanie's mom, and nobody knew what she looked like. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, Steph, what, it's like, what are you doing? I'm just exercising for when the cast comes off. He's like, why? What's the hurry? You need to take time to peel properly. He's like, doesn't like we have, don't always have the time we'd like, mom. Like, what does that mean? Uh, you, what are you up to? You need to live a normal life like your friend Tim. He's like, no one lives a normal life in Gotham. Nightwing comes riding right into the Batcave. Uh, Very dramatically. He says, no one, no changes. We called you in, sir. Uh, Master Tim has been talking privately with his father for some time now. He says, you've got this place fully wired, Bruce. What are they saying? He says, forget it. I promise not to listen in. So what do we do? How do this we next jack- part is hilarious. Uh, how do we Sorry for Jack from, uh, from exposing us? And Alfred goes, Jack Drake could simply disappear, but young Tim might talk. This ca- cave system is vast, as many places where a body could remain undiscovered for an eternity. Tim, oh, it's a, Tim might talk, so I'm yeah. afraid he has to go too. That's a lot of bodies, though. Leaving, <laughs> leaving <laughs> Master Bruce would be eternally suspicious that one might eventually turn on the other. Such a dark secret's ultimately safe if only one person knows it. Uh, will, he th- will he think to move on me before I put poison into his dinner? <laughs> and Bruce and Dick just kind of like look at each other and then burst out laughing. Uh, and and, and Batman's just like, okay, as Alfred has pointed out with his typical caustic wit, we don't really have the opi- any op- options at all. We do nothing against Drake. It's basically like, well, no, we're not going to kill him. 
<laughs> so, uh, I guess we can't really do anything. How very erratic manner I, of you, Alfred. I personally disagree that there are only two choices, and those choices are killing him and doing nothing. You could pay Just, him a large sum of money. You could blackmail him. You. <laughs> like, there are options that are not death. You could threaten to fuck his wife. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, if Bruce Wayne rolled up on Dana, Dana would fall. Dana would <laughs> Bruce said, ah, hello, Dana. Uh, you're, you're taking care of Jack's uh, physical therapy, correct? How noble of you. Oh, you two are actually married now. I must have missed oh my, my save the day. God. You know, Dana, you look lovely today. You seem to be good. Oh, my God. Have I mentioned that I'm fucking rich? Way richer than he is. I'm so I have so much more money than your husband. You ever been to Stately Wayne Manor? <laughs> Fucking Stately Wayne Manor. <laughs> and he says, "Check it out." <laughs> He's like, "Dude, Dick's like, so what? We just gotta. There's a lot of people that know our secret, Bruce. Rachel Ghoul, the Riddler, too many of our allies, and now an angry civilian." Super really later. quick, really quick, look at how round his pecs are. <laughs> <laughs> They're like balloons! They're like a bad boob job. Dick's titties look huge here. He's <laughs> says sooner or later Bruce Wayne is gonna get exposed, which leads inevitably to the rest of us. He says, so what? Do you think I do you imagine I've been idle all these years? There's not an eventuality I haven't prepared for. I've built a number of alternate civilian identities we can each step into on 10 minutes notice Bruce Wayne is disposable a regrettable casualty in the war that goes on Batman is the only identity that matters which is a great line yeah truly like gets to the core he says okay we've reached a decision first my dad has agreed to not expose anyone only because it would kill your stepmother to find out what you've been up to but my son comes home right with me right now Regardless of all the arguments, pro and con, I can't ignore that my dad is steadfastly against this. And after everything's said and done, he's my dad. So effectively, effective immediately, I quit. I'm no longer Robin. And that's that's the end ends. of the issue. That's how this issue ends. If you're reading this in trades, that's how this book ends. Then the very next issue, Robin 126, the debut of Robin, girl. the girl wonder. Which we're not, we already covered a little bit here. Stephanie becomes Robin. She gets to be Robin by herself for like three issues of this one issue of Detective Comics. Um, and then, uh, and then she accidentally causes a gang war and then and she's then she murdered dies. by Black Mask. And then she's violently murdered by Black Mask. Only to surprise 45. She actually lived and l decided to go hang out in Africa with, with Leslie. Leslie Tompkins. Um, no one tells Tim. No one tells Bruce. Uh, they just yeah, no, Leslie's the only one who knows, and the only and the reason that and I, I think her mom knows, and that's it. Yes. And the and the reason that she does that is because Leslie sees what happens to Stephanie, and she's just like, "This life is gonna fucking kill you. These men aren't protecting you correctly. I will protect you. They don't deserve to know your fate." And she takes her to Africa. Yeah, uh, Bruce, uh, Bruce and Tim have a funeral for her. Uh, oh, Tim, yeah. Matt, Tim does not cry and feels weird about the fact that he doesn't cry, but he's just like, I don't know, I guess I'm just kind of numb. My dad died, Dar Stephanie died, Darla died, 
uh, a bunch of my classmates got shot. Maybe I'm just like totally numb to this shit. Uh, he moved. He and Cass both moved to Bloodhaven, uh, and they have a very fun team out, um, which involves him shooting her. Yes. Um, he does shoot her point blank, and it is how beca- they become friends. Yeah. Um, and it's part of a ploy. He needs to like get in with some villains. He doesn't just like shoot her for the fun of it. It's right. it's like it's like a thing. But he does shoot her. They bond over like their shared loss of Stephanie because Stephanie and Cass are best friends. Yes. And this is air quotes air quotes on the best friends. Best friends. This is before the point in time also where Tim and Cass are like like neither of them have been adopted by Bruce yet, and yeah. so this I think like because they're is or was, I guess, a contingent of people who, like, did ship Tim and Cass at one point. Uh, it's weird. No. It's very it's weird. It's weird. But... Mostly because I don't... I can't imagine Cass with men. Right. Um, like, because they did have a brief interaction earlier where Steph is wearing Barbara's costume. I don't remember why. Um, and she's, like, uncomfortable with the fact that Tim keeps looking at her. Mm. because like he just runs in her he's like bad girl it's like huh wow that costume looks really great on you and it, she does not like it <laughs> mm. um and uh it's like that and then their interaction in gates of gotham i think people like oh i've never know. read i've never gates read of that gotham is a good story but like there is i can see where people pulled that from um I can see where people pulled it from in the sense that, like, They're it's a main male girl. character and it's a main female character that had a crossover story in a book, like, mm-hmm. that they and neither of them are dating anyone. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They're Robin and Batgirl and they're not dating anybody. Like, that, I see it simply from the logistics of that, but right. personality-wise... They don't fit. No. Uh, no, 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 no. Dala gets shot during war games. Uh, dies. Assassinated. Assassinated. Sniped. Yeah. Sniped. Not. This is not just like crossfire. She is sniped. She's shot on purpose. Uh, Tim tries to resuscitate her. Fails. She dies. Uh, only to be revived at her father's behest by Johnny Warlock, who makes her into a new character called the Warlock's daughter. <laughs> Forgot about to, that. Who wants to date Tim, but uh, is tasked with killing Robin. I forgot about that. I don't like the mystic shit in my Robin book. It's very weird. It's a- unless it's Ra- unless it's Ra's al Ghul related, and then I love it. Uh, she gets a cool new uh, fake name though, which is uh, the Warlock's daughter. In uh, her, uh, well, I said that already. Uh, Laura Fell is what I meant to say. Her her alias. That's cool. That's a good uh, fake name. Uh, it's a good. It's a good one. Yeah. Uh, and. So- uh. And then yeah, but then a- and then after that, Tim loses Connor, and then Bart, uh, and then Batman adopts him as his like actual son, um, and he becomes Tim Drake Wayne, and uh, like he moves into the mansion, and the rest of the Robin comic is like the angstiest thing that has ever existed, oh. and I. 
fucking love it. They, it's so angsty. They legitimately, there's an issue that, it's either an issue of Robin or of Nightwing. I can't remember. But like, Tim, Tim calls Dick and they talk and then they put the national suicide prevention line at the end of it. Because it is a book, an issue about, hey, you know who's really sad? Tim Drake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There are, ooh, yeah. Anyway, I think that's one of the reasons why I glommed out of this character so much. Was because I read the whole, there's this really good issue of Teen Titans after his dad dies. Because I had not actually read his, I read Teen Titans first. I hadn't read his book. Hadn't read, um identity crisis so i didn't read the story where his dad dies but there's just this issue where like his dad dies and he doesn't tell any of the titans and yeah. it does not go well he yeah. beats the shit out of a dude and like he has a, a basically a crying emotional breakdown and all of the teen titans are like we care about you you are friend you're our friend like we're here for you we support you yada 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 and i was just like Oh, I like this. Oh, I like this a lot. And then time passed and then Connor died. And then he tried to clone Connor. And that didn't work. And, then and he, he made out with Connor's <laughs> girlfriend. And he made out in the clone goo. <laughs> the closest he's ever gotten to making out with Connor. Someone said uh, that, this is like a, in a cracked article, I think they were like, this felt like Robin's, or Superboy's last wish with a particularly cruel genie was for a threesome. Anyway, that's a fucking dope issue. Um, Tim, and and, Tim and Wonder Girl date for a few issues, and he thinks that, like, when she goes to, like, break up with him, like, hey, this is weird. We shouldn't be yeah. just doing this. We're just doing this because, like... We, we miss Connor. Connor. And he's like, oh, I thought you were going to say you love me. <laughs> oh, that's weird. <laughs> Dude, What? <laughs> He he's in a bad way. He's in a bad way. So anyway, I come down to this comic so much because he just he's he's an angsty, angsty boy for the rest of it. The first hundred and twenty-five issues of this comic are Tim Drake is like a cool nineties kid with a skateboard. And then uh hundred and twenty-six through one hundred and eighty-three is um uh, this is a teenager with depression. The, the, he's fighting <laughs> demons. And the demons have him in the torture rack. Yeah, yeah. They got him up like Lex Luger. It's bad. It's bad. Get this boy a prescription. Get him some therapy. Yes. Kid needs therapy so bad. Get him some friends um, that don't die. Bring Ives back. (laughs) I barely talked about him, but uh, Christopher Sebastian Ives, Tim's best friend. Um, Great character. Uh, really just really just a dude just a guy just a guy just a guy like like when they brought um when they brought when they brought uh bernard back i was like why on earth would they bring back uh would they bring back Bernard and not like Ives and I was like oh it's because you had to read the subtext of the first two pages of that story where he's like Tim is longingly talking to Barbara about how he doesn't know what kind of a future he wants while he stares at two people crossing the street who are like obviously gay 
who are like kind of holding hands and it's like he's focusing on it while he's talking to Barbara Gordon he's just like I don't know what I want out of my future and like that's why I broke up with Stephanie and like I have to be somewhere at nine sharp and it's to go hang out with my friend Friend Bernard Uh, I will say this before we get out of here because we have been going way too long uh, we yeah. couldn't help it. Um, we had to. We had to do it to we him. Had to do it to him. Um, I hope that Tim's relationship with Bernard goes well and uh, is satisfying to the reader. And I also hope that, and I'll say this, and whatever happens, happens. If my if we manifest? If I accidentally manifest this, when? Because I don't believe it's an if. I, I think that a lot of characters are locked together in that certain way, like how Dick always ends up back with Barbara, how Bruce yep. always ends up back with Selena. Tim and Stephanie, at some point, are going to reconcile. It's it's going to happen. Eventually. Yep. Could be five years from now, could be ten years from now. At some point, they're going to they're gonna patch it up. They're going to figure it out. Because that's just good comics. I don't that's want how, one group of people to be in a relationship forever. That's boring. But eventually, they're going to... Yeah. They, these two are, to quote my favorite video game of all time, Transistor. Uh, which, if you have not played Transistor... Uh, I know you, I need to. And you enjoy Hades. I know I need to. Play Transistor. Um, Tim and Stephanie are magnets pulling from different poles. They are paper boats on a string. They are always going to find their way back to each other, as long as they're both around. And we know this, because it's happened three Every times. time. It happened in the 90s. It happened when Stephanie came back in the 2000s. It happened uh, when Stephanie came back as a character in 2014. It happened when Tim came back from being in that weird vowel, uh, that weird void with- Yeah. Uh, with Jor-El. Yeah. These are characters that are just linked in this way. They're gonna end up in at some point in some capacity back together like that. And I hope people aren't weird about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hope people aren't weird about it because if Tim goes on, even if it's not Stephanie, if Tim goes on to have a female love interest again in the future, let's say they bring back Tam. Let's say they bring back Ariana. Let's say they 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 just they just explore the fact that for a while Tim was just dating black girls. That was an interesting yeah. time in his life. Let's let's get yeah. into that. It I was Tam. It was whatever her name was Zoan before Tam. Yeah. Just like, back to really Tim. <laughs> interesting. Also, Tam tells people they're getting married, which is funny. Um, well, because she panics and Vicky Vale's like, "What is Tim Drake's secret?" And she's like, "We're engaged." That's it. Listen. <laughs> and she says that in front of Stephanie Brown, an incredible comic. Oh, great, great book. We talked about it in episode. We did. We nine, did. I think. Who knows? Six. One of those. Look it up. Um, <laughs> it's called. Back but I, I do hope people are cool about it. In the meantime, I hope that it goes well with his relationship with Bernard. But big caveat here: I hope that it does not become one of those like. Don't make for the, the North purpose Star of Rep- and Kyle. Yeah, I don't want it to be a for the purpose of representation. These two can't be like they can't ever break. Interesting, up. exactly. 
Also, I think that we are less likely to have North Star and Kyle simply because when Bernard was reintroduced, he literally fist fought his way out of a cult. So they can hold his own. Yes. Also, Bernard still does not know that he's Robin. Yes. Interesting wrinkle, because this is unlike the Superman Son of Kal-El book right now, which has um, Jay. Yeah, um, Jay and John. Thank you. I kept thinking Connor. Not it's not listen I not the point not the point um but like they're both superheroes they both have powers but they also know each other's secret right versus I'm I'm here for the tantalizing return to form of Robin comics of my boyfriend doesn't know I'm Robin my boyfriend idolizes Robin and doesn't shut up about him and I have to pretend to be a klutz. I want it. I'm manifesting it. And that is all I have to say. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for joining us on another long-ass episode of this show. We couldn't help it, but I hope... We had to do it to him. Um, In the words of Tim Drake. <laughs> I had to do it to him. I had uh, to do it to him. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at MCMFPod. You can follow me at... Archer Arios, A-R-X-H-E-R-A-R-I-O-S. The X is a C. Don't make me explain it. Uh, you can follow follow me on TikTok, please. I'm at like 965 followers, something like that. I need to hit 1,000 to get to do the fun stuff. Um, like even just like putting all the videos we make on like, like in a playlist on TikTok, I, I can't do yet. So... Uh, help me get to a thousand because I would really appreciate it. Um, you follow Jesse on stuff generally broadly. Yes, at Zahili spelled Z A H E E L E E. You can find me on every platform. At that it is pretty simple. Um, uh, this show. Thank is, you for joining us. Yeah, uh, this show is going to be twice a month. Like I said, for the foreseeable future, um, we might go to three times, maybe four. I, I don't think this will ever go back to every week. I was going crazy trying to do it that way. Um, there's just simply too, like, there's a lot that goes into this involving, like, everybody you hear on this show other than me, but, like, otherwise it's like a one-man show. <laughs> like, I yeah. produce the show, I edit the show, I do all the social Yeah, stuff, he does the work. I just read a comic book and show up and babble for I four hours. schedule everything, <laughs> I gotta read all this different stuff on top of the stuff that I already want to read. So it's um, it's a lot to try to take on weekly while also working full time. And even when I wasn't working full time, it was like a lot to do. Um, so uh, you know, twice a month, maybe three times if we're lucky. Jake is gonna be back next month for the anniversary. We did say that on his yeah. episode, uh, the episode of Dragging the Lake that I did with him. Uh, we did say that we're going to do that. So for the one-year anniversary of this show, which is next month, um, it's Jake, exciting. Jake will be back, um, and we're going to we're going to talk about some stuff. Um, but until then, uh, subscribe to the show, tell your friends, uh, spay and neuter your pets, etc., etc. Tip your waitresses, uh, <laughs> hug your mothers. Um, I got any more platitudes? You got any more cliches? Um, don't conform to compet and uh, be as gay as you want. Be as gay as you want. Sex work is real work. Uh, trans rights are human rights. Uh, yes. And uh, I hope everyone in Florida is okay. Uh, yeah. If you're in Florida, uh, stay safe. I have coworkers in Florida who are just like, yeah, I have no power. So uh, 
stay safe because hurricanes no joke uh until two weeks from now let's say uh everybody take care stay safe and we will uh be back next time